You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hi, my name's Ian from The Worst Humans. You're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things, which is a Game of Thrones reference, and you should listen. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 126 of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Mator. Austin316 says, I just whipped your ass. If you're new to the podcast, we are the single source for all of your nerdy news in gaming, TV, film, music, and all things pop culture. We're basically spreading the good word of nerd one episode at a time. Be sure to join the Stone Cold Stunner Frickin' association. Well, today is March 16th. That's right. 316, baby. Uh, by hitting that subscriber follow button on all your podcast services like iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your audible goodness, make sure to leave the rating and review. It's the easiest and cheapest way to help make the show grow, and it takes like two minutes. We read them all on the air, so feel free to take a minute and leave that as we are recording here on March 16th at 7.59 a.m. on Stone Cold Day. I figure we started off right. So it's never a wrong day for some Stone Cold Steve oh, Austin. I'll do, I, I watched. I went down a promo hole yesterday, so <laughs> we're on, I, I had some laughs. We're on the road to WrestleMania. We're just a couple of weeks away, so that's good. Three. Yeah, three I've been away. seeing a lot of, at least a lot of Ronda drama and the man drama on Twitter all over the place. <sighs> yeah, so, Ronda and Becky fire shots at each other all day. While Becky's are good, Ronda's are not. She's terrible. Yeah, I, I see sometimes there? she gets a go on, but. I think Becky's get is getting the best of her. If you want to go to We Podcast and We Know Things dot com, we encourage you to do that. It's got links to all of our social media: Instagram at We Podcast and We Know Things, Twitter at We Pod and We Know, Facebook. You can like us on Facebook by just going to We Podcast and We Know Things dot com. It also has a link to our store and to our Patreon. If you want to kick us a couple uh, bucks every month to help the show grow, we kick you back some rewards, some fantastic rewards, such as coming on the show for a segment, giving us a custom top three to do, uh, or a weekly show. Shout out on the show, but the show could not be possible without our friends over at the Weeby Geeks Network. It is WeebyGeeksPC.com. It is us and 20 plus other podcasts over there as a big family. So go check out the Weeby Geeks Podcast Network at WeebyGeeksPC.com and our friends at the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. I kind of see it's like, you say like the family, I think of like Vent Diesel and Fast and Furious. We're all outside to eat barbecue. <laughs> Just like us and like the Caster Quest and 42 Is that your beer? <laughs> yeah, you only podcast a quarter mile at a time. So <laughs> that's, that's all I live, a quarter mile at a time. That's all we can do. Uh, so I was playing Super Mario Brothers the other night, yep. which I often do. I mean, like you, you asked me, what did you do last night after the baby went to sleep? Nine times out of ten, my answer is played Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, I don't even play really like the Switch anymore. Well, as much. The, you beat the game last week when I came over. Was mm. that Luigi's? It was Super Mario Two, okay. uh, but I played as Luigi. Is one of the play four playable characters, but it's all in this cart called Super Mario All Stars, which is uh, Super Mario One, Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels, which was originally supposed to be Super Mario Two. It's Japan's version, but over here it was too difficult. So we got the Super Mario 2 we know and love, and then Super Mario 3. So those four games all in one cart. They up- gave us the stupid version. <laughs> upgraded upgraded from uh, 8-bit to 16-bit. There's a story behind Super Mario 2 I can go into. I'm not going to do that today. I'll save uh, it for another day. Save it for another day about Doki Doki Panic. And uh, all four of them upgraded from 8-bit to 16-bit, all slapped on one cart. And there's a really cool, like, you know, 
you can beat a game, whatever, whatever. But I like to do all four before I go yeah. to bed. It's therapeutic for me. <laughs> it's my routine. Yeah. It's my 10 free throws. It's your safety blanket. And I like to beat them all as fast as I can. Yeah. Hence why I've speed ran for the last couple of years. And um, I used to beat them all warpless, which would take know, like three, four hours. But then I just got really short on time where I don't stay up till 2 or 3 in the yeah. morning anymore. I'm asleep by 10, 10, 30. Now I got to cheat. Yeah. When I do this, it's only like 9 o'clock at night. Like I'm not staying up super late yeah. doing this. And then uh, two nights ago, it was like my fourth run. I couldn't get past SMB1. I kept dying, so I just kept resetting. My fourth run, I beat SMB in like six minutes. And I was like, okay, it's pretty good for, for All-Stars because it's not the 8-bit version. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, let me just keep going. And I beat all four of them in 40, what, 46 minutes, I think? 46 Damn. minutes. So, my, oh no, 43 minutes, I think. My goal was, my goal in this, like when the new year hit was sub one hour. I hit that pretty easily. Um, and then I said, okay, I got to do sub 50 minutes. And then I got 50 minutes and 0.7 seconds. I was seven tenths of a second. And that bothered the living <laughs> shit out of me. So I was like, all right, I got to try again. And I ended up getting a fifty, a forty-three fifty-eight. So by nice. over six minutes, I beat my PB um, of all four of them. That would be good for twenty-fifth in the world. No, is it really? Is it recorded? Where you like? It's like official. I don't have anything to record ah, it with. Damn. So yeah, some people were asking on Instagram, like, "Where's footage?" And I was like, "I don't have any." If there's no footage, we don't believe it. There's a screenshot of my iPad timer. <laughs> That's when I used to time my runs. <laughs> um, but other than that, there's no footage. I can only do, it's it's one of those honor system yeah. things. But uh, I can't submit the run. So while it's good, oh, you're going to have to get back to that. I don't have a computer, yeah. so it's like while it's good for 25th in the world. Oh, your birthday's coming up. Yeah, well, <laughs> if anybody gets me a computer for that, then they love me dearly because that's a lot of goddamn money. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. But in my heart and you're in my 25th. head, it's 25th in the world. <laughs> Dude, that's solid, man. I, <laughs> I, I, I believe that. You, you wouldn't lie about that. No, I wouldn't lie about that. It was too random of a thing to make up. I'm not going to sit there and let my iPad run for 43 minutes and yeah. just say, all right, I get my screenshot and my 30 likes on Instagram. <laughs> it's just not yeah. worth it. But uh, I was very happy about that. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool feeling when you set out to do something and you do it. Whether, oh, 100%. Whether it's like video games or hiking or whatever. Yeah. You know, and you I, did it seven minutes, you know, seven minutes. Almost seven minutes yeah. faster than what I had it originally sought out to do. And just two days before was at 50.77. So, like, it's pretty neat. And I, it was funny because, like, Ash was like, hey, whatever gets you excited, that's cool. I mean, you're a nerd for playing video games. I said, God bless her. I said, <laughs> I said, how many times have you watched Grey's Anatomy seasons one through 16 all the way through? Seven? Oh, my God. Eight? What's the difference? And we were actually yeah. like, all right, touche. Yeah. There's yeah, no difference. Good comeback. However, I spend my time. Keep that one in your back pocket. It's it's funny. I was on Twitter as I often am, and I was scrolling through, and this guy Cosmic, he's the best Mario player in the world. He said, "If you play, he said, if you play sports, you're cool, but if you play video games, you're fat, overweight, have no life. Da 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 da. Uh-huh. Must be, you know, that. Uh, when did it become that like? Be cool, that's cool the standard. Play, yeah. It's not cool to play. Like, when did that become a thing? If you choose to do that, that's fine. Revenge because I, the nerds. <laughs> I know plenty of people that play games that go out and they hike. Yeah. Or they like me. I went out. And I skateboarded. I played hockey. I was very yeah. athletic. I've let myself go a little bit, yeah. but I've since in a couple last couple weeks started to reel that back in, which is nice. Um, home cooking six yeah. nights a week. Well, that'll do it. So like you're getting there. Um, but you don't have to just be some 600 pound dude in a basement. I hate that. The mom yeah. basement thing. Yeah. You play games. You're playing a game right now and yeah. you're very physically oh. fit. 
just what you want to do. Yeah, you know, it just did. I just fell out of gaming for a little while. It's just there's no difference between gaming and watching TV. None. Yeah, You're actually more stimulated gaming. Yeah, you actually have to do things yeah. instead of just lay there and maybe pass out while you're watching it. So before we actually move on, there's a couple of housekeeping items we want to talk about. We do have trivia. We're going to start a new segment today. Uh, we talked about it last week. Sam brought a book that he's going to spotlight. We're still looking for a name for the segment. So if you want to help us out, we have like Comic Corner, but I'm sure that's somewhere <laughs> yeah, on the internet has to already. Yeah. Uh, we are not original in that in that way. Um, but Sam brought a book. He's going to spotlight that today. That's how we're going to kick off the show after trivia. We're going to go into movies we have some enormous movie stories uh including our basically we're gonna have a nice debate about captain marvel because we both saw it and have differing opinions on it we have tv which we're going to do our doom patrol discussion for episode five that came out on friday the 15th of yep. march um, going to come back with an ESO Network promo for the Watchathon of Rassilon. Then Sam's going to come back. He's going to host gaming. It's a short gaming space today, but Sam has almost beaten Devil May Cry oh, 5. So gosh. he's going to be able to give his impressions today. Uh, we have our very sentimental top three in the music section. We'll give our Patreon shout-outs, our picks of the week. But again, some house cleaning before we do all that. Some shout-outs to Dominator Comics out there. Uh, our good friend Dom. Uh, who has gone to our live events when we did the trivia at Stone and Key. He's been a listener of the show for years. He texts you uh, a lot of times after and he listens we'll to the to show. We'll be going to Baltimore Comic Con for the third year in a row this October, I believe it is. And he got to do something pretty damn cool the other day. Yeah, it was, it was him and his dad. He texts you, yo, my dad's going to be on a segment, not your average listener. So it's like Preston and Steve. It's like a local, you know, WMMR. It's a local Philly radio station. Um, that they just have like, like listeners. Like, who's out there? Who listens to our show? What do you guys do? What are your jobs? And his dad got it because I know they have a long list of people to get on. And I was like, oh, you, you got to drop your your Instagram handle and stuff like that. And I know he was. I'm going to try to get on the mic, but he he didn't get a chance to get on the mic. But his dad kind of talked about more of like fishing mm-hmm. and kind of their catering business that they have rather than because I thought he was going to throw in comics there too because his dad dabbles in everything. Yeah. But you know, once they saw a picture of, you know, these giant fish that they catch that are, you know, like 60 plus inches or humongous. It's it, it's and they actually won. Yeah. So they, you know, they got the cash. So that was pretty freaking cool. So shout out to Mr. D'Antonio and Doc. <laughs> yeah, dude, dedicated listeners, good friends, and uh pretty sweet that you get to go on a real radio show, not yeah. ours. Yo, yeah, you know, get that <laughs> then you get gets the picture with the whole crew, Casey Boy, Preston yeah. Steve. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Remember when we met them at the Steel Panther show? Well, we only met Preston. Yeah, and he did drum. He played drums that night. Yeah, and I was like, yo, Preston, there's that guy over there. It looks like he was like, holy shit, it is. And then he went over there, and him and that guy took, like, selfies for, like, the next five, ten minutes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, had, cool. That I still was got in, that photo. You know that was in November because I had a mustache? Yeah, we saw Steel Panther. Uh-huh. And he played in, drums that And he played one song yeah, on drums, Preston yeah. did. It was November because I had a mustache. Because I took my photo with him, and like, it was just a very bad mustache. <laughs> it was like, yeah. uh, Also. What are you doing this weekend? Obviously, I won't be doing what you'll what you'll be doing. Yeah. Well, okay. That's I just <laughs> I just don't want to you know, say I just can't make it to the to the. So tonight, uh, if you can, if you're listening to this pretty quickly after we release, there's going to be a St. Patty's party. Uh, it's a free show in Vineland, New Jersey, at MVP Sports Bar out there in Vineland, New Jersey. Um, everyone knows is going to be playing a show tonight, and everyone knows, as you know, because everyone knows, is Sergio Anello from the early November's solo project, one of his first shows. So it's St. Patrick's emo night. 
uh, featuring Sergio Anello. He's going to do a live performance uh, for, I think, 30 minutes of Everyone Knows. So basically, he's going to pe- yeah, play yeah, the record. Yeah, that's why I figured he's going to play the record. Basically, play the record front to back. Then he's going to do a live DJ set. Um, oh, that's awesome. $2 PBRs all night long. Other drink specials. That's at uh, MVP Sports Bar 408 Wheat Road in Vineland, New Jersey. Starts at 9 p.m. It's free to get in. No cover. And you got to be and you got to be 21 because obviously it's a Saturday night before St. Patty's Day at a sports bar. But uh, we're going to make the trek. It's about an hour and a half. It's not close. Yeah, it's definitely a little hike from us. We got an overnight babysitter. So we're going to keep the baby overnight somewhere and we're going to go hang um, and then hopefully be in bed by about 11. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then then probably at four o'clock in the morning, go get the baby because that's when she's going to wake up thinking, where's the baby? Yeah. So I'll have to go back down your to, duties, to your yeah. to your neighborhood tomorrow morning. I'll be in your in your neck of the woods at the morning. If you want a baby and I to come over for a, a workout in the morning, we'd be happy to. She's three months old, so like which is crazy. She just turned three months old. I'm sure already. she'll be moving and grooving. Yeah, she'll do crunches in no time. Yeah. Uh, but if you can make it out to MVP Sports Bar tonight for Sergio Nello's Everyone Knows Show, it's free again. MVP Sports Bar in Violent. <laughs> Hope to see you there. I know it's short notice. Uh, it's the night before St. Patty's Day, so and we could know. just mention now that you know we picked up five copies of his new record, yeah. Tell Her Be Told, and you know once once we get them in hand, we're going to set up something, make sure our listeners get you know figure out a way to you know deliver them out. Yeah, do some giveaways yeah. and stuff like that. We'll have some fun with it, um, but go check out the record if you have. Hey, listen, he's on Spotify too, so if you have Spotify, check it out. But we'll give away some copies of the record. Make sure that. Uh, that his music gets broadcast as far and wide as possible. Yes. Sam, it's time for trivia. It is 10.5 for you, 9.5 for me. I've been saying that for about six months yeah, now. Yeah, it never changes. And th- this question, I figure it's up your alley. You know, you love this band, so let's Ooh, see. Ooh, music trivia. What was the name of Freddie Mercury's first solo album? Oh, I don't know. No, Not even a... Nope. I need the answers. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. A, Mr. Nice Guy. Ooh, that sounds good. B, Made in Heaven. Nah. C, Mr. Bad Guy. Mm. D, The Works. Mr. Nice Guy. Final answer? Mm-hmm. Incorrect. It's Mr. Bad Guy. Okay. <laughs> Once you gave the opposites, I figured yeah. it was one of those two. Yeah. I, I, and that was my play. I was like, all right, I just hope he goes Mr. Nice Guy. All right. Sam, mine's a little uh, bit straightforward, and I actually thought we were going to have the same trivia question today. Really? I, I almost like... Wow. I almost was like, it's a guarantee right. that we're going to have the same trivia question, which is why I thought you'd get it. Um, but now, after that trivia question, I'm not so sure. It is also music-related, kind of. Okay. What year did the truck open? Oh, I don't that I don't know. Yeah, I figured that might actually be your question to me. Mm-mm. Um, I, 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 I'm going to give you a hint before I give you the answers. Okay. Okay? It ain't recent. Like, not close. It is before 1930. I will give you that. Oh my god! Exactly, exactly. I don't want you to guess like I didn't want you to guess like 1961, but it's before 1930. So I'll give you that time frame. It is uh, it is after 1800 <laughs> and before 1930. You got 130 years in there before I give you the answers. <laughs> and give you the answers? Like I don't even know, Greg. Like that's I can't believe it's been around that long. Now I'm even like a little hurt that it's closing now. Yeah. I was going to guess like the seventies. Yeah, that's, I didn't want you to go there. Oh my god! Because the gosh. TLA was is even like nineteen oh eight or something like that. The TLA's been around forever. I, I, I do. I don't even have a guess. Like, let me hear it. All right. The, did the truck open in eighteen seventy? Oh my god! <laughs> did the truck open in eighteen ninety three? Did the truck open in nineteen oh one? 
or 1925. Just so you can see it. I'll, just so you remember the years. I'll let you look at them. Uh, 1901. 1901 is incorrect. 1870. That's insane. I... The truck has been around since 1870, which is going to make our music section even that much more impactful. Now, we weren't at that first show in 1870. I might have been. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> we, my memory's not that good. We weren't there. I think it was Death Cab for Cutie in 1870. Uh, wow. Good for them. <laughs> good for them. Um, and Green Day. But I, uh, I, I just wanted to, to throw that out there because I thought you'd uh, like. We do have a story about the Trocadero a little bit later. As but no, dude, that's, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have that question. I, I thought you might have just like typed in Trocadero for a little research, and it's like right there. I went through my ticket stubs because I clicked all my bands, and I you know made sure that I had all the right bands that I went there for. Yeah, and I was only there three times. Yeah. Like that's it. To give you an idea of what's going to happen a little bit later, our top three is going to be in the music section when we're talking about the yeah. Trocadero. A venue that's very special to us. Um, all right, Sam. So let's kick it off with your new segment. We don't have a name for it yeah. yet, but you brought a book over with you, which we want to do every week, where we spotlight a comic book because our comic book listeners deserve uh, a little bit more comics than we've been giving them in the past. Yeah. And now it's just time to spotlight a book. No, and, and it's something that I've always been told. Like you know, like I listen to your podcast. It's like you know, but there's not really that much like comic talk. So I was like, you know, let's let's figure out a way to kind of bring more comic talk into it. So either I'll bring like a CGC book, or I'll spotlight the book, or I'll just bring it like an issue or a story that I read that I think, you know, that if maybe you missed it. Just just so many things to read out there that maybe you missed it and whatever. So the first one I brought, Werewolf by Night 32. It's the origin and first appearance of Moon Knight Mark Spector. I have it at 9.4 off-white white pages. I actually won this in a raffle on Gem Mint's Instagram page. And that was like a, like a, a $25 spot. Took a chance, you know, Columbus did. Columbus did. And I won this grail that there's, you know, there's not too many high-grade Moon Knights out there. I mean, there's 18 9.8s on the CGC census. There's 72 9.6s. And obviously now with the kind of rumor, the talked about seeing Moon Knight, whether it's going to be on the Disney streaming service or live action. So the book has definitely gone up. Like you, Over the years, you could just see it just keep climbing and climbing. It was a Doug Monick story. Don Perlin and Howie Perlin art, Gil Kane and Al Milgram cover. Book came out in August 1975. It's probably one of the most sought after Bronze Age keys. I consider like uh, Moon Knight and um, Swamp Thing probably the two biggest right now. I just see their, their prices going up. Swamp Thing's getting his own show. It, exactly. So like the, the way, just to give you like an update, if you don't know, like Golden Age comics, the years would be like 1938 to 1950. Silver Age would be 1956 to 1970, Bronze Age 1970 to 85, and then your Modern Age is is 1985 to today. And you know, it's like more obviously his first appearance. The there's kind of evil group called the Committee kind of hire him to basically take out this werewolf that's been running around town. And Moon Knight kind of finds out that the Committee's kind of bad that they kind of been doing some shady things so he winds up freeing the werewolf and kind of basically trying to take down the committee and then obviously you have like mark he we all know that he has like a split personality disorder mark specter is kind of like the military guy the mercenary you have stephen grant who's like this millionaire entrepreneur you have jake lockley who's like this cat taxi cab driver that kind of finds out like the dirt on the street and stuff and obviously you have you know moon knight it's one of my favorite Obviously, you know I've been singing his praises since we probably did this freaking podcast. We started the show almost three years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll show you the book. 
And it, we'll, we'll post a picture. Like post yep. a picture of just so you, you can see it. Yeah, when we post our picture of like the show being live, one of the photos in the montage will be the this book that we have. In our and hand. like one thing I always want to tell people, especially to like to newer collectors, like I always get like DMs from people saying like, "Oh my god, I, I, how did you afford this book? I, I would never think I would ever get this book." Like I didn't start. How did out- you afford this book? It's twenty five cents. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> when it first came out in in seventy five, but when like when I always tell people, it's like you you can't compare yourself to what other people buy or what other books like. You got to start out what you can afford. Like when I first started, it was a six point five UK edition Moon Knight. Hmm. Then I worked my way up to an eight Then got a nine And then got this nine point four. So it's like I literally started from the bottom and then literally climbed the ladder up to upgrade. And then you know, some people say don't do auctions. I just do it. I dabble in them. I don't do them too crazy. But when I see like a Moon Knight book like the nine four, I had to at least try it. And you know, God willing, I want it. And I like I think when I won, I threw my phone across the room. I was just so freaking excited, and I, I just think this is a super un like I would still say it's undervalued because I still feel like this book has room to grow. And I always I know I always consider like Moon Knight's Marvel's Batman. I know some people get upset about it, but like he wears white. He wants the enemies to see him coming. Like he's known for people like throw a dagger or throw a punch. Like he takes the punch, he'll take the hit and just you know, give it to you back. Like it's it just like you know he basically gets killed and. In Egypt, and he kind of crawls to this Conchu uh, statue, and he kind of brings him back to life, and kind of gives him these powers. As long as you kind of serve him, or if his bloodlust, or whatever kind of this god needs, and I, I, I would tell everyone if you can pick up this book, Werewolf by Night, thirty-two. I, I, it's my second favorite book I own. One, the other, my favorite book. One day I'll bring it for a little CGC spotlight, but for now I figured Moon Knight would be the perfect choice. Yeah, it's a show that, or it's a, it's a character you've said you wanted to see come to life on the bigger screens for years. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful book, beautiful artwork. I love the artwork here, and Moon Knight looks just so vicious. And he's had so many different runs now. Like, now there's no new issues in Moon Knight coming out, so I'm kind of waiting for someone to just jump on this Moon Knight story. Well, we know that there is Moon Knight being written by Max Bemis. Well, I don't know if he's, continu- he's I don't know if his run he, might be done. I haven't heard any continuation on that. Mm-hmm. You know uh, what I mean? What I love about, like... You know, obviously, I'm a nostalgic guy myself because it's just video games, and I love old video yeah. games and stuff like that. So it's got similarities. Saying, oh, I had this game growing up, or look at the box art, or whatever. But man, when I look at this book and I turn it over, and you see like this full page print ad on the back from the '70s, um, it's it's insane. It's a coupon that you can yeah. mail in for LaSalle Extension University out of Chicago, Illinois, and then it's got like a little blurb at the bottom of "See what LaSalle can do for you." It's spare time training. Whether your goals are increased career opportunities or self-improvement, you owe it to yourself to find out what LaSalle Home Study can do for you. Not the university, yeah. but just cool, like... And it's cool, like, on some old backs, like, it's, like, back in the day, like, for, like, an older age comic book where they'd have, like, a, a BB gun or, like, the paper <laughs> airplanes and stuff. Like, you remember, like, back in the day, yeah. I forget the arcade we used to go to, we used to buy all Time these... Time Wasn't there, like, a bigger one or, like, TNT or something like that mm-hmm. that they had these, like, paper, like, you made them out of, it was, like, foam and type of deal. Like, that's, like... They kind of had like ads for them. Like I always thought it was pretty cool, but it's like it's one of my prize age books, and it's only a matter of time until we see him live. Action. Started high. I love that, dude. Bringing the fire on the first time segment here. Um, Moon Knight is a character that, like I told you before, man, I'd love to to get into more, just because I'm not a comic book reader. But like to be able to see him come to life on the small screen, the big screen, whatever, would be great for me just as that entry point. Yeah. Uh, but that is that's really cool. Now, my last question. I'm not going to ask this every week. It's just because this is the first time doing mm-hmm. this segment. Do you ever get the itch to open that and read it? Oh, I have read it. Like, not that actual book, but I had a raw copy. Yeah, before, okay. And I, I did read it, of course. Okay, and, good. like, most books you can read online. So if you really wanted to. But it's not the same, like. Right. 
Like, I don't know, I like having... Do you hold it in your hand as you're reading it online? <laughs> just, well, like, well, simulating I mean, the experience? At the time, no, I didn't. But just, like, read it. Just Like, you're just so careful. Like, yeah. and, I, and I had a beater roll. And yeah. I, but I carefully read it. And it's, it, again, it's, you know... It's, Did you get that book with the 9.4 grade yeah, it was already on it already? It was already yeah, in it was already. That was the auction for, for Gem and Yet. It was 9.4. So when you get a book, right, and it's not in that casing, do you... You have to pack it up real nice, send it off, and they, it comes back in a sleeve like that? Yeah, usually what you do, like um, most people now, before they submit either to CGC or CBCS, I mean, P- dare I say PGX, but I would I don't recommend PGX, but people now get their comics pressed or cleaned or whatever. Because, you know, after it's been sitting for years or you've been reading, you kind of you smooth out the creases. There's a couple things you might be able to, you know, press out or whatever. It's like a car. You're yeah, buffing out yeah, the little yeah, imperfections. Literally, it's exactly what it is. But you know, you got to know who's pressing your books, and you got to trust them because we're human. Sometimes mm-hmm. we make mistakes, mm-hmm. and I have seen many people where they get books pressed, and it's a very, very valuable book, and it gets damaged. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're always taking any insurance on that. Or are you taking the risk? <coughs> I mean, you're you're basically taking the risk unless you go to like CGC, right. and if they damage it. Right. Supposedly, then it's insured. They'll, they'll cover the cost of whatever the book's worth. Mm-hmm. But usually, you know, CC, the CGC will send there to CCS. They press it back to CGC, and then it gets graded. Because some people like this ain't like the first label that CGC made. This is, mm-hmm. I think, their like fourth or fifth new label. Mm-hmm. So people like will buy a graded book, and it's like their old label. Like, oh, this was graded in '02. This book was probably never pressed. So mm-hmm. they'll crack it, give it to the pre- you know press, crack, press, clean, and then hopefully get that grade bump. Now, do you ever? Is that a plan for you? Do you, do you think that that, I, that 9.4 is going to stick or do you think it's got a chance to go up? Uh, dude, I, I've been debating. Uh, I know one guy on Instagram that has a 9.8 white pages. It's glorious. And yours is white, oh, and, off-white. And just right? and then mine's off-white, white, which is good. Usually I, I'm pretty – like my standards, like they have to be off-white, white. I don't like cream off-white pages. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. Obviously, I'd rather have white pages. But another reason why I almost forgot – excuse me, just remind me. A 9.8 white pages, Werewolf on a 30, just sold. It was its highest sale ever. What do you think it sold for? 13K. $50,000. That was a 9.8 white pages. So there's only 18 9.8s out there in the world. Right. And the one just sold for $50,000. So, I mean, the way I look, I was like, good. That means my 9.4 went up a little bit. Yeah. So, hey, it's a great book. I would just keep an eye on it. I would tell everyone if, if you're a comic book fan, if you like Moon Knight, I would. I would suggest get this book before he shows up in live action. And hey, if you want to read it, feel free to find it online and actually read or, or get the Dude, book. And there's wrong. so many stories out there that that people that did art. I, I had my art guy Reno Comics mm-hmm. do my Moon Knight sketch, and it's it's, it's beautiful. And we'll, we'll post this up on our IG so you guys get to see. It. Absolutely, uh, and our Facebook page as well. If you like us on Facebook, now let's get into the movie section because there's a lot of things we've got to talk about today. A lot of trailers, a lot of reviews. Um, a specific Avengers movie had some some. New footage drop, if yep. you want to say that. Uh, and then some news that broke late yesterday that James Gunn is back for Guardians 3. I can't even say it without and, breaking and I, I literally almost want to go back to when we when this broke. And I think we both, I'm sure we had to say this, that they're going to have to wait. Let this blow over. Let, so, let another let company sign them. It was them. 10 years ago that it happened. Disney <laughs> did this to themselves. Well, let what blow over? They just got massive egg on their face. No, I, I agree. And and again, they did this to themselves. I think they're like, well, obviously they they were trying to find directors. They couldn't. Maybe they just could, they just couldn't find them. They, I think they wanted Tyka, and he said no. And, and I don't blame. I I don't think I'd want to step like that's James Gunn's thing. Like the first two were him. Like what a year passed since I'm he sure was there's fired. Some politics involved in that. Oh, I'm sure. sure. And I'm sure he. You know, I'm sure he was 
paid nicely. Because even him, I'd be like, well, you guys kind of, like, I don't know. And, and good for Because the first thing I said to you was, is he still doing Suicide Squad 2? Yes, and he is. So he's going to do Suicide Squad 2 and then start Guardians 3. It's not going to be a simultaneous project. Yeah. Guardians 3 has been pushed back. It is still pushed back as far as we know. However, this news dropped less than 24 hours ago. And now it's a weekend. And things don't really happen in the news on a weekend that often. So I'm sure maybe early next week. There could be plenty of time for this to say, yeah. F it, Guardians 3, because we're already using his script. Yep. It's, it, the production's pushed back up. We got to get this rolling. Um, I, I, I don't know, but I'm thinking that he probably signed some sort of agreement that yep. says let him finish <clears throat> Suicide Squad 2 before he starts. And, uh, and um, I saw a lot of people on IG kind of be buttered. Oh, no, he gets to do a Marvel and a DC film. It's like, so what? It's like, why why so can't did, someone um, do both? So did Snyder. Didn't Zack Snyder? No, not Zack Snyder. Uh, bu- 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 Was it Favreau? No. Mm-mm. My God. Who... Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon's done both. He did a little yeah, bit of Justice he, and League, he finished, and, he, finished and he comes in and yeah. he does the Avengers. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, this, this is the exact same thing. And why wasn't there butthurt about that? I'm sure there was yeah. a little bit of butthurt I think there always will be, but it's like, dude, why, let Who the cares? guy, let him, that, that like, and I, the, I saw the other thing was IGN. What are you guys hype for? Suicide Squad 2 or Guardians 3? It's like, 90% dude, Guardians it's, 3. It's like, dude, even me, I know, first I'm more of a DC fan. It's like, of course I want to see Guardians 3 first. Yeah. Like, it's like, Suicide he's, Squad 1 flop. He had two movies to set up, so yeah. it's like, and he's basically redoing Suicide Squad 2, so it's like, of course, I want to see Guardians yeah. Three. That was a bad poll. I oh, took. I, I answered that poll too. I was. Like, I can't believe you, I didn't even posted this. Yeah, um, love you guys, but damn. There is like think about it this way. It's the exact same thing of like, let's say a long time, and this has happened multiple times in this console generation of a long time Xbox team built. You know, gets a PlayStation game. Yeah. You know, they they develop a PlayStation game or a long time PlayStation. Uh, uh, game dev develops an Xbox game or a Nintendo game and they jump ship and they do both and there's like people online freaking out about it exclusives are fine that's great like I love that I can play Uncharted but like I Uncharted would be great if you could play it on Xbox too like exclusives are great to get the console sales I understand that but from like a from like a and what's the word I'm trying to think like uh, an audience perspective fuck them okay. well, like they're not great my, if you have an Xbox you want to play okay. Uncharted you can't my example is is Devil May Cry it was first a PlayStation exclusive. Mm-hmm. First, I think the first two, first three even, I think, were just PlayStation. Then when it went off to Xbox, at the beginning, I was like, oh, a little hurt. Like, that was, yeah. our, that was our game. Like, you know, you, sure. you guys had your Halo. You guys got Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Let us have Then It's like, whatever. But then after a while, it's like, you know what? It don't matter. It's a great game. More people Everyone should get to play it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, I like <clears throat> and I quote, I grew up, or like, or quotations. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Bioshock started off as an Xbox 360 exclusive, and then it went to PlayStation 3 after a while, and it's okay, fine. It took them a year, but that's fine. It was a timed exclusive. But, like, you shouldn't just like DC or Marvel. If you do, fine. If Marvel characters just don't do it for you, or the Marvel movies are a little too predictable or family-friendly, and you like the DC film, fine. If you like it the other way, where you don't, fine. But you shouldn't go in a frickin' rage. There are more important things in this life to get raged over than your other company did something. Let the man make a film that a lot of people want to go see. And, and we know that I love DC. You know, probably, I just, I just, <clears> I like Marvel more than DC. You like DC more than Marvel. And but we still, are, the book I brought was a Marvel book. I right. didn't start with a DC book. Like right. it's, I could, I can, I love both. You know, that's just how it is. Right. And I loved Aquaman, and I'm going to love Shazam, even though you know, <clears> I, I prefer the Marvel films. And it's just what it is. Yeah. It's just if it's a good product, I'm going to enjoy it, regardless of who made it. Yeah. Half the, sh- I'm not going to get into the rest of it, but like, yeah. yes, it, it is okay 
1,000% that James Gunn is back to make this film. It's a better film because of it. And at the end of the day, isn't that what you want? Yeah, and I liked his tweet. He kind of, like, his, after all this happened, like, James Gunn was, like, Twitter silent for yes, a year. Yes, he was. And he kind of just... make another mistake. And he kind of just... Get, guys, I just wanted to say thank you, everyone that stood by me. And I just thought that was very nice. And it's all, like, you know, everyone that kind of... <clears> even, like, Rosenbaum, Dave Batista, everyone like that, you know. So it was just... It's good to see. I'm happy for him, his family. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for Guardians 3 wouldn't in you, 2021. Wouldn't you like to... Uh, be a fly on the wall in James Gunn's house when he got that call from Batista, when Batista found the news out. Wouldn't you love to have heard that conversation? I would have just liked to hear what he said, just like Suicide Squad too. All right, what, what do you want me in? What do yeah. you mean? Like that was just so just to see all the people that stood up for him. Just like I, I, I would say, Dave Batista number one. Obviously, I know Chris Pratt and Zaldana, all, and they signed that pe- petition, that, right. which, which was great. But Batista was like, went on like film, like I, he I'll, sure did. I'll, I'll leave my contract, Suicide Squad two. Where do you need me? I'll be there. And I was like, wow, respect. This, this whole thing has like this resolute conclusion now with James Gunn being back. Except the movie's not made yet, so I guess it's not at its finality yet. But uh, we talked about this whole thing. It's like every week there was a new James Gunn story. Yeah. Every single week. And if you want to go back, I'd look up what episode it is, um, just based off of the photo things that we do. Um, <coughs> Go like twenty back. I think so. Hold on, I can actually do <laughs> just this. A, a guess. Uh, it is. Oh yeah, there it is. Go back to around episode one ten, and that's like in October. So if you go back to our timeline, just go start at one ten, and then just like every week he was in the news, um, and we even have him as like the the title of the episode a couple times, just to hear how up and down this thing was throughout the whole time because we covered the entire thing. <clears throat> now we're back covering this because there's. Captain Marvel, we had the, the review last week, and neither one of us had seen it at that time. Sam saw it last Saturday, so almost right after we were yeah, done recording. Literally right after. I saw it on Sunday morning, so within a 24-hour time span of recording the podcast, Sam and I had both seen the movie, and uh, we we feel differently about it. So we were, we wanted to lead with this today yeah. and have a big spirit of discussion. I got 7,000 pages of notes uh, on what I think of it. And I'm this, going by my heart. And this news trumped it because yeah. we've covered it oh, of for course, 100%. so long. Uh, so it's good to have James Gunn back. But I am looking <clears> forward to this spirited debate about Captain Marvel. Uh, the review came in. I think it was like an 8.3 from IGN. Yeah, it was um, and I think it's like a 79 on Rotten Tomatoes. Some, something, something along like that. that. I don't pay attention to the <clears throat> yeah. audience score because we know that that was sabotaged. The film did do $455 million worldwide, uh, which is a very, very impressive debut. As a matter of fact, so impressive that it has kind of broken some records. It is the one, two, three, four, five, seven. seventh film in March. Of a leap year it is the to seventh. do this. It is the seventh. Jesus so Sam was writing his number. It is the seventh highest opening weekend for any Marvel film behind Iron Man 3, Sam's favorite, yes. and right above uh, okay, Guardians guys, 2. Guys, I'll, I'll say this about Captain Marvel. It was better than Iron Man 3. <laughs> uh, here are the – I want you to, to – I'm going to name the six films before it. You tell me what films it was better than on these six. Infinity War. No. <laughs> Avengers original one. No. Black Panther. No, I, I, I had more enjoyment out of Black Panther. Okay, I enjoyed this more than Black Panther. Age of Ultron. Oh, I enjoyed this tough. more than Age of Ultron. That's tough. Probably, uh, that, man, maybe Captain Marvel. Civil War? No, nah, Civil War. Same. And then Iron Man 3. Iron Man. Oh, three? No, yeah. yeah three so more th- for me, half the movies. For you, two of the f- of the six movies. So a third of the movies. And this r- was more enjoyable. Real, real, real quick. This domestic opening is the 18th highest of all time, just behind Rogue One, which debuted at 155 million, so only two million more. 
Um, and now Captain Marvel ranks the sixth highest opening weekend of all time and second highest ever for a Marvel movie. That's worldwide, not domestic. I mean, it, it's a great open, but real fast before I forget, like after Endgame comes out, I think it'd be cool. Like instead of like a top three, we rate the Marvel movies. Yeah, I would. And do we do our own or do we come together as a? No, I mean, I we're going to get into some arguments <clears throat> if we do it. No, no, no. I, I don't. I, don't I, I, I wouldn't say like that because I think it's got to be both. Like you have to do yours, and I have to do because we're going to be different. Because obviously. You know, you like films more, or I like films like you know what I mean, like Ant Man too. I like. That's why I would be interested to see how we can come together and form a singular list. But I think that's for another day. Yeah, like I I think first, because I'd be curious to to see where everything falls. Like this is ten years of Marvel movies in the making, with twenty two or twenty three films total. I I think would be an awesome top list. Yeah, and again, I got a ton of thoughts on this movie, and they're not all positive. Now, Sam, you had rated this movie a six out of ten. I I came back and rated it an eight out of ten. I'm probably more on the seven out of ten after thinking about it, um, because I gave that eight out of ten within an hour of walking out of the theater. So after thinking about it, I probably dropped it, but. I think I dropped it after I came to all my reasoning. I think yeah. even as I was typing out my my little mini review or thoughts of it, the rating just going it's, down. It's an eight. It's an eight. It's an eight. It's an eight. And then I look back and I'm done writing and I read it through and I'm like, okay, I'm probably go with a seven, seven two, seven five, somewhere in there. Um, I'm still confident and happy to say it's an eight, but it's not like a super strong eight because I don't feel super strong about this movie. And I think that. Yeah. Is the overarching theme that we agree on is we just don't feel strongly about this movie either way. What, what I feel is that this movie is more of spoilers, like, by the way, for the, the next couple. Minutes. To me, it's like more of like a like a phase one. Sure, like, I would say like a, a one point five. Like it's a little bit above. This movie the phase does ones. not go cannot stand next to Winter Soldier. Right, it can't st- like can't stand next the to sequels. Iron Man. Well, okay, Iron Man does not stand toe to toe to Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I like Captain America way better than Captain Marvel. Shit, I like Thor better than Captain Marvel. And you know me, I love the Thor films. You know, that's a, not a popular opinion. I went to see this movie with uh, Ryan Popejoy and Tom Flynn. Yep. Um, Ryan Popejoy, big Marvel guy, big Captain America guy. Hates Chris Evans, but big Captain America guy. And I saw um, my buddy Neil. And we went through all of the Marvel movies. And we were like, okay, which do we like this better than? And I came up with two of the three Thor movies. Um, I liked Ragnarok better than it. But the first two Thor movies I thought this was better than. Iron Man 3... Iron Man 2, which is unpopular, I understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd agree with 3 there, would you? Um, I know you said Black Panther, you already said. Black Panther, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I, I kind of struggled to, to say any other way. And Avengers, Age of Ultron. Um, but there's really not that many movies I like it better than. Now, that doesn't make it good or bad. Like, <clears throat> like If you said this is my favorite Marvel movie, it doesn't mean it's a 10.0. If you say it's not my favorite Marvel movie, it doesn't mean that it's and, a 5.0. And I've heard people say Ant-Man and the Wasp was their favorite Marvel movie. I've, right. I've, I've heard people say that, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that's a, you're the only person I've ever heard say that. But like to me, this is going to fall towards like the middle, bottom tier of the Marvel in like, the I, whole world. I, I would say that it's at the it's, – it's, at the, it's mid low. It's mid low. It's gonna be right there. If you're an if you're a stovetop one to ten, it's medium heat, baby. It's like you're yeah. talking five, like right okay. in the middle That's there. Like a four or five. I'm telling um, you. In terms of the rest of the Marvel movies, that doesn't mean that the score for me was that low. One, one thing I know that I didn't. You know, when you leave an awesome movie, you leave with that excitement, that adrenaline. Yep. I did not leave with that. Yeah. I just left like, hmm. What am I gonna do with the rest of my Saturday? Like, just I didn't have that excitement. It didn't sure. build up in me. And I did. And I think it's because. Right. I want to. I want to hear. I yeah. want to hear why you love it yeah. so much. I didn't I, love it. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I didn't love it. 
I liked it. I liked it. I never once said I loved this movie. I, I liked it, and I still don't make do. me go back to text messages. And I still do. <laughs> and I and I and I absolutely think that this movie is worth its salt. I think this movie did a good job of of moving the story forward. I think this movie really, really, really would have profited it from being a January release. You're a month before Endgame. And it's like, I just saw this movie, and, and at the end, it's totally forgettable, because then the trailer drops for Endgame, and a week after this movie comes out, and your hype level is just so Endgame, that it's almost like, okay, this was almost like your last hurdle to it, get through before Endgame. It, 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 sh- it should have been... You looked at this movie like a chore. Sh- it should have been a nice appetizer. Right, and that's why January would have done it nice. it was just like, they gave your food cold. If, if this I was, was like, mm. If this movie came out two months before... Right, you're coming off of Aquaman in December. You see this in January. You got two or three months to plot out your theories. I think that's why they wanted. I think they wanted to space out from Aquaman. But now it's like, okay, I think you looked at this movie when you went into it. I think I did too. When I walked into the movie, like, all right, how much time we got until Endgame? No, and I'm looking. It's just another ch- but, like a chore almost. Like, and I went like I didn't have any expectations. Like, which mm-hmm. I went in. I I went in in the right mindset. Like, I, I yeah. you know, I'm I'm here. Right. So it's like, and the movie like was. Like right on par what I was ex- like not expecting, but like like I wasn't mad walking out, mm-hmm. but I wasn't thrilled. Right. You know? But it got your seventeen bucks or whatever it cost you. It was like nine bucks. It. And there you go. And you're happy to pay. I'm, it happy, I'm, I'm happy to pay and support the film. And, Always and happy. I, to and do I that. think that the right mindset is something you have to go into. And I put this on our Instagram post when we saw the film and we both rated it. I said, "Don't take my eight. Don't take Sam Six's gospel. Don't read the reviews and feed into Dude, the troll I want culture and the dislikes. To see it for themselves. You got to see it for yourself and come out with your own opinion. Which is why I feel strong about mine and Sam feels strong about his because there's no consensus that we have to go through. And I think that as I read this stuff, I I, I truly feel like you're going to say, "Okay, I actually agree with you." there i don't think it's going to change your score i don't think it's going to change mine i don't think that's the point i think the numbered scores that we gave are almost irrelevant yeah i think it's just more about the thoughts of the film yeah and before we start i just want to say that that stan lee tribute that they did in the marvel logo was the most beautiful thing perfect when people said sam what was your favorite part that's the first thing i said i said the stan lee again we said spoilers the stan lee opening right in the credits the cameo he's holding up mall rats and then going in I saw um, Kevin Smith's post. He was a blubbering mess, and so obviously, he's, did I survive the snap? Like that was that was pretty cool there. Yeah. Like like just the loving tribute they give for Stan. Yeah, his this cameo was probably my second favorite Stanley cameo. I'm such a Mallrats yeah, nerd. Yeah, I love we Kevin grew Smith up films, watching it, and him and he has a cameo in Mallrats. And he's saying so, his lines. Yeah. Like, come on, it's beautiful. And wouldn't like an awesome touch to have Disney kind of include Kevin Smith, knowing how passionately he feels about these movies yep and then the the stanley tribute where it's basically you know the marvel logo that that has all the superheroes they turn all that into all of stanley's cameos and then a little bit of stanley off cameo too just like real such a great such a great touch absolutely perfect now to get into the film Mm -hmm. i'm just going to start to read my thoughts and i want your reactions cool the worst part about this film is its star and i'm not talking about captain marvel i'm talking about brie larson this movie was completely miscast I agree. I think Brie Larson is. She gives the same look the the whole time. She's I got very, the same very, look every uh, monotone. time. Yeah, the one look, and I was like, okay, how many times are you going to give that look? Mm-hmm. How many times? Yep, I'm going to expand on that because I think Brie Larson, as fine a job she did in Room and as passable as a job she did in this movie, I think that she is not the right fit for the future of the MCU. And unfortunately, we're tied to her for a while, especially after that Endgame trailer, which we'll get into in a little bit. To quote her. 
And this was that whole bullshit you were talking about a couple weeks ago where she went on that show and she did the interview yeah. and she started talking shit yeah. and she opened her fucking mouth about um, cr- film critics. Yeah. And before that interview that she did or before that speech she gave, I should say, at a podium, she was interviewed by an African-American woman outside and her last question was, what is it like to be a woman in film? And Brie, Larson, Brie Larson's answer was, <sighs> very hard. And if you're a woman of color, doubly hard. And that woman was like, preach or double or something like that yeah. she that that was a paraphrase it wasn't a direct quote and then you go into this uh speech she gave around film critics and she said and i quote a good review can change your life it changed mine and she's referring to the movie room in 2015 that was her big springboard yeah. platform movie and it was a great movie i have it it was nominated for all the oscars in the world and everything like that then she goes on and says uh I don't want a 40-year-old white dude's thoughts on um, A Hat in Time. No. Um, what's that movie? The Disney movie? The Time movie? It just came Space out last time. year. No. It just came out last year. Damn it. Disney well, Space Yeah. That Disney movie that came out was a little – it was um, Whoopi Goldberg I think was in it or Oprah Whoopi Goldberg. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Dude. I'm drawing – I don't even know what you're talking about. But I know I know the speech that she gave. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. And I'm Sorry. <laughs> he said you get to almost two, two. A wrinkle in time. Wrinkle in time. A wrinkle in oh, time. Oh, shit. Now I know you're okay. So she okay. said, I don't want a 40-year-old white dude's specific words, 40-year-old yeah. white dude's thoughts on a wrinkle in time. That film was not made for you. And I'm a 30-year-old white yeah. dude. I'm not a 40-year-old white dude, yeah. but there's no difference in 10 years, whatever, right? Why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you single us out and say X amount of old white – what does it matter how old you are and what the color of your skin is if you're a film critic, if you're just given the yeah. – like I hate how everything has to be typecast in this world where well, it's this, that, and the other. And then she gave statistics. Of the top 100 films in 2017, 67% that reviewed them were white males, uh, 20% were okay, women, hire, and only 2% were women of critics. color. That is not the, the writer's fault. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That is not the writer's fault that they were born to that creed and gender and, uh, and skin color and – and grew up to to do what they loved, right? Like, blame the big company, fine, for that. That's who they hired, whatever. But it doesn't have to be like that. And she said, well, it's, it's different than the breakdown of actual, uh, you know, on this planet of 30% white male, 30% white female, 20% uh, male of color, 20% female of color. And then the rest, the other 20% is is whatever. Um, it's the, – the fact is that these same white dudes – these four-year-old white dudes that you just shit on for their thoughts on A Wrinkle in Time that are the same critics that rated your movie Room, that yeah. actually gave you your yeah. jump start. Yeah. So don't fucking talk to me about how shitty it is to be a 40-year-old white dude yeah. critic when those same fucking critics are the reason you're Captain Marvel yeah. in the first yeah. place. That really, really bothered me because they gave that film... They propelled your career with unrelenting praise for that film. A film critic is a film critic regardless of age, gender, color. Stop trying to create an agenda. We are now stuck with Brie Larson, whose face has exactly one emotion throughout this entire film as our Captain Marvel, most likely leading us to Phase 4 and beyond. I'm a white dude. You're a white dude. We chose to do this podcast. But if a film that isn't made for us, then we're not allowed to have an opinion. That's what yeah. I can't stand. Her yeah. whole message yeah. was that film wasn't made for you. Sam, you and I watch films that aren't made yeah. for us yeah. all day long, but we're allowed to have an opinion. And that's my problem. She is not she is not the female face that Marvel should be putting their chips on. She's already sprinkling this bullshit. Yeah, and like that, like the, and they kinda like they sprinkled their her agenda in the movie. If you remember the one scene when they kind of scanned uh Nick Fury. 
Oh, white male. Threat level, lowest possible. You know, something like, it was just sprinkled. It's like, okay, I, we already know your agenda. Why you got to shove it down my throat in a Marvel movie? I don't know, just shit like that. It, piss, it kind of pissed me off. Like, I don't need to see that. I already know how you feel. Yeah. You got to remind me of it again? So the Captain Marvel character I didn't have a problem with, but I really, really, this is this is just miscast to hell. I have zero respect for Brie Larson anymore as an actress, and I don't. It is bothering me that now she's going to be the face of Marvel moving forward from a female yeah, well, perspective. Well, she signed, I believe, a three, four picture deal. And she's going to, I mean, she's going to be in it moving forward for the long haul. I mean, we're going to get ten years of her because at of least this, were, you she's know, young we've gotten enough. that with yeah. with um, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey. Yeah. and so you know, just before we even start to get into like the <clears throat> nitty, nit grips, nit picks of the film, if this was another actress who didn't just spread bullshit all over, I. I'm not going to feed into the trolls and give the movie dislikes because I like the movie still, even regardless. But I still do think it was miscast. And Brie Larson, just don't say anything. Yeah. You would be much better off. You know what you can say? Film needs more representation. Yeah, that's Done. it. Done. Yeah, period. Done. That's it. Done. Yeah. Film critics need yeah. more representation. Don't have to break down stats. And I would have agreed with it. Like, yeah, right. I, I agree. And shit on 40-year-old white dudes who movies aren't made for him. My Half my goddamn movie collection are movies that aren't <clears throat> made for me. But I still enjoy them. Yeah, yeah I agree. Fuck, man. No, I, I I just can't stand that she shit on 40-year-old white critics who are the same people that gave her her start in the room. Yep. Don't don't bite the hand that feeds. Exactly. And that was the quote I was thinking of trying to figure out what it was, and you got it. Yeah. All right. So now on to the film. Yeah. To me, this film is completely <clears throat> and, and utterly overblown as some female oh my God. empowering they bullshit. Tr- they tried to make it be like the next Wonder Woman. And here's... And it was not. So this film, to me, is not... Some empowering film for females everywhere to become something greater. Captain Marvel literally got her powers because she, because Marvel blew up the Tesseract and she was standing too fucking close to it. Yeah. Uh, she didn't earn them by overcoming crazy odds. She got them because she was caught in an explosion. Yeah, literally. Like, literally. So how is that <laughs> empowering for females? So when you're able to, like, wipe the slate of all this female empowerment bullshit and you just... Uh, I, I am all for female empowerment. Of course, I just mean in this film. In this film, I mean. You're trying too hard to make it something it's not. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. And you just look at this film as a film and you cut out the agenda, which can be hard to do, especially in this day and age with all the bullshit but, on social media. And and even all their, their previews were like that. Like, yeah. The first one, you know, like it was just like, come on, don't just – we know what it is. Don't right. shove it down our throat. All, all we wanted – this is you and I. I think I'm speaking for you. All we wanted from this movie was a solid film that moved the MCU forward. A seven out of ten. That's all we wanted. We didn't want this to be a ten yeah, out of ten. Of course. I mean, I I, I would have loved it if it was a ten out of ten. Sure. I would have loved for it to take me by surprise. Sure, but all this movie didn't need to do was bomb. <laughs> like yeah. all it had to do was be and, 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 it, and it did it. And it, it, and it, it did it bomb exactly. And that's exactly what we got. But. To me, we got it more from characters like Nick Fury, from Talos, because Ben Mendelsohn just crushed it, and a freaking cat. I'm sorry, a flurkin. Uh, Captain Marvel was fine. She was totally fine. She did nothing to jump off the screen, but this movie's not a bad movie. The other female representation, the Rambo family, Maria and Monica, was fine. Monica was actually pretty terrible, given that she does become Photon eventually. Um, and she just a, It was just a bad child actor. Up, yeah. yeah, just a bad child actor. But my theory... I 100% believe that uh, Photon will be an endgame. 
because that movie takes place 20 years after Captain Marvel. She's a kid in that, so she's going to be in her mid 20s by then. I'm calling it here. And have a new, and have an, obviously a new cast. And have she's obviously going to be a new cast. Definitely not going to be a girl. And I think she's going to be a part of that movie, whether it's big or small. Yeah. I think Photon's going to make a, a some kind of appearance. appearance. Okay, uh, in the film, that's not, that's not bad. But now let's dive into it. I think the secondary characters did more f- to make this film better than Captain Marvel yeah. did, but it wasn't like she was terrible. Like I loved so much about the movie that made the whole experience for me. Yeah. Like I, I like Jude Law. I, I like his character. I thought he was fine. He yep. did his part. I mean, I knew what he was up to. Like I knew obviously they were keeping something from her. Right. Like the beginning to me was a little boring. I see. I didn't feel that. You said, "Oh, the first twenty minutes, you might fall asleep." Uh, it was. I, it was just slow to me. It was a different kind of origin story. They didn't start from when she was a kid and did that. They no, no, they kicked I, it right I liked, off. I like where did they flashbacks. started. Yeah, I like where they started, but just I don't know. Like the jokes fell flat for me. Like I, you know, even like our theater, like our theater was like when you were supposed to laugh, there was no laughs. We were our theater was cracking. It, it just fell flat, I, I, and and, ne- and I know Neil, me and Neil were like literally like thinking the same thing. Yeah. Now I know Pope Joy has like um, he laughs pretty easily a lot yeah. of things, but he was a couple seats down from me, so it, we weren't right next to each other giggling like schoolgirls. But even you could hear us laughing. It was it, I, I laughed at a lot of good stuff. I mean, um, I think. That, yeah, these jokes aren't going to hit for everybody. Like, I totally get it because you're not the only person that said the jokes hit or didn't hit. I'm sorry. Yeah. But they hit for me. And I think that's what pushed me past yeah. the six. I think if you take out the humor, like Suicide Squad, those jokes still don't hit for me. They're terrible. Yeah, like some hit for you. then. But if they know, hit for me. me, I'd like that movie more. Yeah. If these yeah. jokes didn't hit for me, I'd be right where yeah. you are to 6.0. Yeah. That's why I think that you and I actually agree about this movie a lot more than you yeah. think. I think that the humor, and for me, growing up as a 90s gamer, those nostalgic little things where she used a Game Boy, she took apart a Game Boy, put it in the payphone, oh, oh, yeah. and like those things, I'll make, like, yeah. that, that was, that pushed me. So and it was I, like those little I, things. I just saw that, I kind of rolled my eyes, like, oh, exactly. that's how they do it. And that hit for me as opposed lazy to... Lazy writing. So for, that's how I took it. To me, it was lazy writing. So for, for me, who, who the humor hit, and those little callbacks to nostalgia, where they knew they got gotcha, you. Blockbuster, Game Boy, like shit like that. But, like that, okay, that, out of the nostalgia, okay, that worked, the Blockbuster. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. we had, you know, the guy doing the movie, the last Blockbuster movie. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. But she even, she blows the head off of that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it, that's even a tie into the Marvel films. And then she picks up this movie about, I forget what's the right stuff or something yeah, like that. And was. that movie even has deeper tie ins. Like the, everything they did, kind of from a 90s nostalgic perspective, ties into like the world yeah. today or the bigger story which all hit for me that's like, why th- this movie like i predicted everything coming totally like there was no surprise like the i told you the end credit scene after we saw the mid credit scene the end credit scene i was like ah it'll be something stupid like the cat throwing up the test rack and literally the fucking end i walked out as soon as we saw the cat jump on the thing I walked out of the theater. Well, there's not many great end credit scenes anyway. The mid credit scene has now become the end credit scene where everybody stays for that. It was a, it was decent. I mean, it did nothing to move the story forward. Yeah, like did, it was just fun. Did they didn't do like what, what I think people wanted with the with the Krees, like mm-hmm. what they or um, I sure as shit wouldn't mind a Star Force spinoff film though. Yeah, like something different. That'd I, I be just, fun. She just didn't have the presence that I think a Captain Marvel should have had. This was not a traditional origin story in motion, but. This tale has been told before. Don't get me wrong. They don't start it when she's young. They do that through quicker flashbacks. Um, I remember going into this movie. I said, I only want 20 minutes of origin tops. 
And I got that. Mm. I didn't need 45 minutes of an origin story. So the way they did the origin story, I'm actually okay with. But this harkened back to, like, you you only see her falling and getting back up, falling and getting back up. I would have liked them to just spend a little bit of time on And guess what? The why. same look on her face. Every time. <laughs> Even the kid actor who played her. Same the actor. same look. But I can't complain She's because... She's like Ben Stiller from Zoolander. <laughs> She's got the one look. I can't complain because I only got the 20 minutes of... of origin that i that i asked for not 45 and it got to where it needed to go i thought the the 90s nostalgia was great blockbuster radio shack the game boy street fighter 2 cabinet in the background yeah. um i thought the soundtrack was excellent i listened to nirvana for the next five days after that and i did it the fight scene with no doubt with i'm just a girl how the music was kind of lower and it, like it let you focus on the fight scene not the music where suicide squad had the overtly blaring soundtrack to like distract you from what was happening on the film i thought this did a nice job mixing the soundtrack together with the fight scene and those are the things that put me over this wasn't a oh my god the story sam is why it's i'm, I'm an 8.10 an 8 out of 10 it's the other little things that put me there i think from a story perspective you and i see the film almost exactly yeah the same i mean way. i agree there again i just go back there was just no excitement in this movie mm-hmm. i don't know there was no excitement i i, I truly go out feel... and talk about films and love it yeah no see now fury fury hit all the right notes for me goose hit all the right notes for me i truly feel that if goose was a dog you'd liked it more just I, I, the goose honest, was a cat i didn't I even think... like samuel jackson's fury in this I, what I, dude wow I was like, I was like, so that's I, that's where we differ I and think i was like i don't almost recognize this nick fury like I know this is you starting off and all, but yeah, like, he's just an agent. No, like he's not the badass yet. He just, it's twenty five years before. He just played before. Samuel Jackson. That's what he did. <laughs> I, I rec- I've, been, I've seen all his films. I know when he's in it and he's not. That was him phoning it in. Wow. I'm I, telling you. See, now I, I disagree there. I think that, and the, I know I'm not the only one. I've had multiple conversations. Like I don't even know who that Nick Fury was. I was like, he has to turn it back because he doesn't have a reason yet. To be Nick Fury, he's just then all the, Agent oh, Fury. Oh, get the! Well, I don't whoa, even whoa, if, whoa, even if was it was when he was with the cat. Ooh, oh, Fury, come on! Like, oh my God, really? That was your joke? It, our theater, you could have fucking heard a pin drop. Yeah, I, I see. I thought they hit. Um, yeah, the, I even the, if it was a talk, I'd be like, wow, this the, is what Nick Fury's doing. They're the, gonna get him down to dumb animal humor now. The wow. running joke of how Fury loses his eye, how he almost does, and then it ends up being the cat scratch is what actually makes him lose his eye. It was fun. It wasn't like great. I'm not gonna say, oh my god, there's seven. To Furies. be honest, I was kind of hoping it was gonna be cooler than that. And it was just that, and I was like, oh, that, that's, that's how why, he has it. But I think that's what everybody oh. was. That's why they got you. Oh. I think everybody was expecting it to be cooler, and, and it, it was, wasn't. It was, that's why it I was just shitty. I, but here's the thing. Nick Fury's not a fighter. That's the thing. Like, yes, he, he is. He fuck, yes, he fucking is. Not in this movie, I'm saying. He was an agent. He, he's he's a, he's a Nick Fury that we don't fucking recognize. Right, he, exactly. He's Samuel L. Jackson. Not as Nick Fury. He went, he went as Samuel L. Jackson. But that's my point, is he becomes Nick Fury later in life. He's not that Nick Fury yet. Something has to happen to get him there. And that's my point. Now, the good thing is, when you look back at like Rogue One and these movies, Solo, these movies that put concrete thoughts in your imagination yeah. and say this is what happened you have yeah. to love it we still don't have that because there are still the years after captain marvel before the first avengers movie where nick fury becomes nick fury that we still leave to our imagination at least from an mcu perspective maybe not from the comics but from an mcu perspective we still don't know how he became that rough gritty awesome nick fury that we know and love today so it was enough for me i didn't it, it wasn't like at the end of the movie he shaved his head got an eye patch and became some badass motherfucker who goes and hunts yeah. down captain america he's just the dude in his office who with agent colson i mean they say, the only thing he didn't the- do was say get these snakes off the damn-. <laughs> if he said that maybe i would have liked it a little bit more I, I i don't think that he in this movie he was 
it was almost his origin story as well, which is why I was cool with it. He doesn't need to come out of the womb kicking ass. He was this nice guy, a different guy. Yeah, but you and don't something be, happened, don't, and we don't know what that but you was don't yet. Become this super nice guy and get where you are. Starting Shield, you have to be some badass. In his youth, in comics, he was a badass. Mm, clearly did though. Clearly doesn't. Have I don't to know. This not my comic accurate Nick Fury. The Irishman uh, movie that was it, I think Tarantino is doing. Or Scorsese, Scorsese is doing with this de-aging technology. They use that de-aging yeah. technology on Nick Fury. You got to admit, he looked great. No, he did. Coulson looked great, too. Coulson looked really His hairline moved up about yeah, six inches, exactly. which was really good. Um, the man is 70 years old. They made him look 30, which was really good. Yeah, of course. I'll never say the technology was bad. Ben Mendelsohn may have stolen the show. Yeah, I agree. That um, I agree 100%. He was probably my favorite part of the whole whole, movie. whole thing. I, uh, that's not even I thought he was question. great. Great. Yeah, and he played that funny villainy type and then switched over after the twist yeah that's but, but we the, all saw coming that's but. probably why i gave it a six as good as it got if not it was a five mm-hmm. it's a, it, without ben it's a five yeah if you go see this movie just for ben mendelson's character alone talos the the scroll yeah. leader man he is fantastic. i thought he was great i thought he was great. super funny um the the whole movie he he's he just does really yeah, really great. well. I truly hope the scrolls, which I think they will, play a bigger role in the MCU moving forward. Oh, yeah. I think we we're, all know that that's going to happen. We will see them again. Yeah, uh, the twist was super enjoyable. Although if you've seen Guardians one, it's not really a spoiler because the Kree are dicks in that movie. Yeah. Ronan is a Kree. Yeah, and the guy from the opening scene of Guardians chasing Chris Pratt throughout the opening scene of Guardians is in this and, movie too. And Ronan almost almost like need, like needed not to be in that film at all. He was kind of pointless. Dude, I'll give you that. I, that's, I'll give I was you like, that. there was no need. They just shoehorned. He did a dance. I didn't give a shit about him. Yeah, it was kind of shoehorned. I, I think that's a perfect and That's another. It. You lose a point for me. You don't gain yeah. a point just because he shows up. You get dinged for that. See, that's the thing though, man. Like, If you really look at Infinity War and you see Red Skull, people got hyped just because he was oh, in oh it. Oh my God, yeah. 100%. But Ronan... Doom. It was a, to me that was a mistake. I would have just cut that whole scene. Yeah, his whole scenes would he would have been out. It's it's almost like you, it's almost like you throw characters in that people recognize just to get the style points. Exactly. But the movie wouldn't have been any better or any worse yeah. without him. Yeah, without him, I'd have been like it. I think it was just a familiar face. Maybe, maybe we would have got a six five. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was just a familiar face for people, and that's why. And it was a younger looking Ronan. He did his stupid things. Uh, that that he you know. I still think that he needs to play a bigger role moving forward in the MCU too because I really like Ronan. But he's a Kree. The other dude's a Kree. The whole Star Force, they're Kree. So you knew already that they weren't good people. And then the whole twist of, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's been working with Jude Law's character who's actually the bad guy the whole time. While we've seen that twist before, it was enjoyable. I thought it was a pretty good twist. I I, I just knew that he – I don't know. I just had to – like Jude Law is like he – I was like, there's something fishy going on. I said, there's obviously something they're not telling her. And then obviously I was like, okay, there it is. Yeah. It was no uh, surprise to me. I also really enjoyed Agent Coulson and how they show you what he did to kind of gain the trust of Nick Fury. He stops yeah. him in the hallway and lets him go. I, I wish there was more Coulson. I think everybody wishes that. I wish but there I think was more was, Coulson. But I think it was just enough. That I think that's the point. If there was more Coulson, it'd become more of a Coulson story when they really wanted to focus kind of on the main characters of the film. I think that that Coulson was like, all but, right, but shit. But you could have you cut the Ronin scenes, cut your stupid cat jokes here. Like, there's at least two, min- two three minutes of film. Bam, there's another scene or two with Coulson. Like, yeah. come on. I'm to- good with the Ronin thing. I still enjoyed the cat stuff. And that's not me being a cat guy. I just liked it. it I liked that there wasn't so much seriousness around Nick Fury. I actually liked that it was a little bit more lighthearted. That's just how I felt about it because I didn't want Nick Fury to be a badass. I like that he somewhere in his life has this crazy turn to where he becomes this badass mf'er, and I and I haven't seen it yet, and I'm good with that. Just because 
I don't know. I thought it was yeah. pretty, pretty good. Um, let's see. And then I, I only have two two things left. We know that Jan Rog, which was Jude Law's character, is still alive. So he'll definitely be back for Endgame and Beyond. Maybe. Do you think he's going to be shown in Endgame? No. I would, say, save him I, for I what, would say save three? him for what, Guardians 3? Captain Marvel sequel. Yeah. Yes, Captain Cap Marvel two. sequel. But we know that Jan Rog is still alive, which I almost was like shit. Like, there wasn't. There wasn't a million action scenes in this movie. What the, what was there was decent. It wasn't like bad. The CG wasn't bad. But um I wished almost for a bigger fight scene between Jan Rog and, yeah, and Captain it was, Marvel. Again, it was just nothing. It was like this build up, build up, build up to almost nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just never went nowhere. Yep. Uh, and then the mid credit scene was simple. It was exactly, I think, what we needed to get into endgame mode. Her hair was longer. Her suit was a little worn out. So you know that that time passes. Um, well, anytime you shows show up. Uh, Captain America, why don't you, why don't you tell yeah. him what's up? Bang, best part of the movie. There it is. Best <laughs> yeah. part. Um, and then she just instant transmissions right next to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> she goes Super Saiyan, take another thing from DBZ to transmission. Okay, there's Captain Marvel. Well, I mean, Captain Marvel was arguably around before DBZ. So. Yeah, but still. I mean, never saw it. It's a transmission on her, yeah. on her powers, but okay. You kind of added a new one. Respect that a little bit. Again, there, I left the theater with no excitement. I had nothing. I didn't even, I was just like, oh, usually every Marvel film, we're giddy, we're talking about how banging it was, the car ride. Dude, it was just nothing. There was just no excitement. I didn't, I left almost like with Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Just stuff like, the fuck did I just watch? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it, it, again, it, it was just okay. I'll probably still buy it just to have, because I like to have my Marvel movies. I like to have them all. I'm a collector. This so. is not a movie you're going to go watch again before Endgame to get hyped. No. You're going to go one watch. And, dude, this is like one and done. I may never go back. But <laughs> I may just have it in Infinity my collection. War again, but you won't watch it. Probably. Watch yeah, I'm in no rush to watch this again. Since Infinity War came out, we've had Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. No, you liked Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I did I liked I liked that better than Captain Marvel. And I like Captain Marvel, and you didn't. So it's like, those two movies between Endgame and Infinity War are just like... Kind of divisive. They're fillers. There's fillers. Just, okay, take up time. Yeah. Hopefully, hope we make money. Unfortunately, I don't think they made Captain Marvel to be a filler because she's just going to have such a big role moving forward. But that's, I she's think, what we got. got. No weaknesses. She's like, okay, here's all Superman's powers, no kryptonite weakness. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I still think, though, they could have done a little bit of a better job um, with how she gets her powers. Yeah, I think the, the movie could have just close. been rewritten, but that's just me. <laughs> Standing too close and to it. To, but a, that's, to that's, an explosion. But at the end of the day, I thought that, like I said, I'm with you on the story just being whatever it was. It, it wasn't this big grand thing. There wasn't this whole agenda for young girls everywhere to become superheroes, at least in my I, opinion. Marvel tried to make it the Wonder Woman 2. Mm-hmm. That's what they tried. And to me, they, they didn't do it. Yeah, Wonder Woman is a way better film, in my opinion, than Captain Marvel. But I think I think and hope that Brie Larson, that in Infinity War and in Captain Marvel two, that and, she and can game. grow into this role. Sure. Rather than just kind of, I don't know. Just if she does a better job outside of the theater with not bringing up this shit about four year old white dudes all the time. Just, just, just do, do your you. job. Just do, do you. your job. Keep your. If you want to go political, go political. But if anything, that'll hurt you more than anything. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we saw what it did to the online trolls who just disliked yeah. everything. And I, I think she can be better. In the film, there's only somewhere to go. For, there's only up. I, I there's can only, only hope. Up. There's only if, up. I mean, I don't know. If there's down. The Iron Man three is still a little bit so below. You got, you got to remember. You said in Endgame and the sequel that she does better. Endgame's already been filmed. Yes. So the Brie Larson Captain Marvel we got in Captain Marvel is the Captain Marvel we're going to get in Endgame. She's not going to go back. Maybe and she that. feels a little bit more comfortable, and just maybe with all the other actors, maybe she just kind of just 
feels more comfortable instead of giving the same fucking look every time. It, I, I think the dynamic that she's going to have, and we'll talk about the Endgame trailer in a minute. She had a scene in there with Thor. I think if, if the other actors and actresses in, in Endgame um, can lift her performance that, that, up a little bit. That's what she needs. She what, needs she to kind of does lean need that on a the little Avengers. Bit. Um, and maybe that's going to make her more likable because she doesn't have to be the face of the movie. Exactly. Uh, she can kind of just be one of the teams, which I like a lot. don't let her destroy Thanos. Thanos should destroy himself. Or the whole team almost just kind of combines to just, she shouldn't be the one to do the fatal blow. I, I don't think she should. She shouldn't come in one movie and come in and kill Thanos. No, I don't agree. I would love it if Thor comes in and then finally gets him in the head and says, I got you Something this time. Um, but, but again, it was a movie that uh, I think did its job enough from a story perspective that we didn't say this is the worst of the MCU. It, like, you're right. It's more of a phase one than a phase three. 100%. Totally it's, it's understand not, it's, not, it's not the worst. It's but, not the worst. But what got me to where I am on that movie and still am even after this debate was the callbacks, the nostalgia. I, I thought the, the, the comedy hit. I really love Ben Mendelsohn's character. I really enjoyed the, the, the Nick Fury in this movie. But I think at the end of the day – 455 million worldwide as, as an opening is just enormous. And I yeah, think great. you have to go formulate your own opinion. Yeah, exactly. No matter what, don't take Sam 6. Don't take my 8. Together we're a 7. Guess what? That's exactly where we wanted to be. Yeah. It was a 7 out of 10. Yeah. And when you average our scores together, that's we, what you get. And we don't want, obviously, you know, I didn't want this movie to fail. Like, right. I want all, all comic book movies to do well. Like, I want everything to do good. I don't want to take a step back in anything. I want everything to shine and do great. I'm glad it made this much money. So that means we're going to keep getting more superhero movies. Right. And at the end of the day, listen, and I think Sam made a really, really strong end point there where he said she can learn and get better. Because, listen, if my biggest critique or your biggest critique was she made the same face over and over the whole movie, she can get better. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm, I'm like, I, I think another character could have, another actress could have done better. That's what but I, I think. Right. I think given the time, being surrounded by the right people could lift her up. Right. And I still think that she is totally miscast. And I, again, I go back to. I don't want Brie Larson as my Captain Marvel moving forward, but if we're there, that's she is. So I just kind of have to swallow that and deal with it. You know what would have been great? I think Natalie Dormer. I love Natalie Dormer. She's awesome. I don't think she's a big enough name. But you know, that's the point. Yeah, you just know her from Game of Thrones. I think that would have been just enough. Yeah, but that's that's hey, listen, we all know how that worked out for Sophie Turner. Yeah, I you grow. We'll find out when we see Dark Phoenix. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Endgame trailer um, and the poster, which they had to fix a little bit. Before we jump into the trailer, the poster, I just want to throw out a quick theory. If you look at the poster, you see all the Avengers on it. Um, you see Thanos kind of hiding at the top left of it. And then the top right of it is empty. And the only character looking to the right is Thor. Um, what's Diana Guerrero's character's name from Black Panther? I forget her character. She's kind of looking straight ahead, and her she's pointed to the right. But out of all the main like Avengers on the poster, they're all looking at Thanos in the poster. Thor's looking right because I still think that Thanos is not the big bad in this movie. No, Thor is looking. I've said that from day one. I was like, Thanos ain't the big bad. I think someone else is going to come in. They've kept everything on the wraps. Like I said, Thanos is hurt. I've said this multiple podcasts. There's going to be other bad guys in it besides Thanos. Now, with this trailer, we know that Infinity War had fake scenes in the trailer. Yep. That one scene where they're all running yep. together never happened yep. in the movie. Ragnarok had a fake scene with Thor's eye patch. Yep. Um, so Marvel is good at throwing us off the scent a little bit in a trailer. I feel like this trailer had that too. Yeah. Do you? Of course. I, 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 
There was one particular scene where I think I, I think could they, sense it. I think they just threw in like everything on the wall. You know, they, they all of them walking. You see Nebula with them. You, you know, Tony's back at Earth. Like, you know, it's, again, they're just throwing little things at you to yeah. kind of, oh, shit, he makes it back. Over there here. was a theory that said that's the fake scene and it, Tony never makes it, it back. It, it could be. Like, dude, yeah. that could be a, a completely, and I would agree with that. But where I stand before any of this, mm-hmm. we didn't even need another trailer. I said, the hype already, this movie's real. Mm-hmm. They just did it because of Captain Marvel. They yeah, just wanted her in the trailer. And that's it. That's one that, this whole trailer was here for she Captain is, Marvel. And, and I think after this, don't show anything more. Don't show they, anything more. You don't, you don't need it. You yeah. have our money already. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, this was simply they waited for the week after Captain Marvel to come out so they could show you a trailer. Because a lot of this stuff was phase one films in black and red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cut together footage from old trailers with little tiny little new scenes like them in the quantum suits. Yeah, they, they were just sprinkled. Stuff like that's that. All. And that's all. They just wanted that end scene with Thor and Captain And, and what I said to you was, like, it didn't sway me one way or the other. They yeah. still got my money. They had their quantum suits on, walking, like you said, at the end. But there was no Hulk. Yeah. So we know that... <laughs> Something is going on there where either they edited him out uh, on purpose, they added Tony and Nebula in on purpose, but there's no Hulk. So where the hell's Hulk? Tony is shown. Tony is shown. Tony's a phony. Tony is shown back on Earth. Is that real? Uh, We had that Captain Marvel scene with Thor where she just stands there as he calls his hammer and she doesn't move, which he's like, I like this one. Uh, So I get that, but that's her same face as you know, like again, I cracked that joke. That it, 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 it didn't. Like, it, it just, and I was just like, okay. Like I, I didn't. Again, I didn't feel one way or the other. I was like, okay. They have a little piece of it shown in there where Hawkeye is training what looks like his daughter. Yeah, could also be Kate Bishop. Yeah. Could be Hawkeye's daughter. We don't know who that is or what. People that are is saying like. it could be it was his daughter was it Lila Barton. Mm-hmm. So it could be right. that. I I actually think it was his daughter. I don't think it was Kate Bishop. Yeah, a I lot agree. of people have theorized that it's Kate Bishop. I, I, never. I would say it's it's Lila Barton. Would, would you be, be surprised guess. if that scene where he's teaching his daughter how to fire an arrow, he right after she shoots the arrow, he smiles and they like hug or high five. If then the snap happens, and then she disintegrates. And she disintegrates. That would be would, hard, that would be heartbreaking. That'd be a really good way to open the film. And that maybe? and that's a good way to turn Hawkeye. Yes, because he um, take his daughter, his wife, and his wife. I think they both go. Oh. At that point, the whole family goes. <laughs> Except you know, for him. And then, I, yeah. I 1,000% yeah. think that his wife that. and daughter get, get uh, disintegrated. And that's what turns him into that brooding. He's wearing the armor. Ronan. He becomes Ronan. Ronan. That's Ronan. It. Yeah. So, uh, 100%. Like, that's 100% I can see that. So we, we know that he's wearing that armor when they find him, when Scarlett Johansson finds him in the rain uh, a little bit later in the trailer. But to me, that was his daughter who then gets disintegrated. Now, this quantum suit theory going on and why they show all this phase one footage with red, there seems to be... The agenda that a lot of people are putting forward of the reason for this trailer and what's going to happen is that they're going to go back in time and try to stop Thanos from even snapping, and that's how everybody comes back. But I think that's a little too obvious with the way they're putting this trailer together. But it seems like you're, it's going to have to. Like Everyone's already snapped. Like You're going to have to go back. I just thought that they would have done some quantum... like. Paul Rudd would have gone into the quantum realm, found them all, which is weird if they're all just playing. I mean, poker. So, I mean, still, we have to still figure out how he got out. And that's why I think. Then that's how I think they're going to get everybody else out. It's however, he got out. They're going to try to do that yeah. on a bigger scale. I, I imagine I could see Ant Man coming up with something big and he, him being like the secret big hero. It just makes me happy that that's a possibility because yeah. I just love Ant Man. Yeah. I think Paul Rudd's phenomenal. And if a minor character like Ant Man is the one that saves the day, yeah. and you could make the same argument for. Can Captain you buzz Marvel. me in? Like yeah. that, that, like his like I don't know his comedy hits like yeah. that comedy. Works. Um, let's see. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that. I mean, that's all I really had. This trailer was two minutes long, uh, and again, it's got a lot of Phase One footage yeah. with a lot of Phase One 
voiceovers, right? Tony does a little voiceover. Peggy Carter does a little bit of a voiceover. And you see a lot of the origin sprinkled in with the new stuff. There could be some time travel. There could be some, there will be some quantum realm travel. Where's the Hulk? Is there some fake footage in here to throw you off? I think there definitely is. Uh, But where was it? That's the cool thing is we know almost as much today as we did a week ago without this. Trailer. And then there's a rumor that we're, this is where we're going to see Professor Hulk for the first time. And yeah, kind of Smart have, Hulk. Uh, really. Smart Hulk. So yeah. it's like, I'm interested and I think that they played it right by not showing him in this trailer. Which is the Hulk's body with Bruce Banner's brain or something like that. Basically, I, yeah. I think that's what it's that like, was. I think it's, it's like Hulk 377, I think, is the first Professor Hulk's appearance. I, I think that, uh, I remember Professor Hulk from when I was a kid too. He had like a pencil and glasses. Uh, but there's actually a statue where he's reading a book upside down. This has like he's, like, he's pondering. Like it's it's pretty. It's actually a pretty cool. That's statue. really neat. Uh, I I just think that you know and and had a small debate with with uh, a guy on on Facebook, Bob, um, Price of Admission podcast, and he said you know unpopular opinion. This trailer sucked. Didn't need it. And and to me, in this world where they show you just so men so yeah. much in a trailer, we still don't know that much. So it, it, whatever, you got more footage, it gets more people hyped. Whether we needed it or not, it didn't do anything to spoil the film like yeah. that Dark Phoenix trailer did, where they literally kill off a character. Yeah, that, yeah, that's her. that's still dumb. So it was a it was a trailer that got us hyped, and I'm ready to move forward. Are you yeah. ready to move yeah, forward? Still- All right, so we have a review for us, which is that Jordan Peele horror flick. Um, where are we at on that here? It looks freaky. Oh, here it is. Um, us is a very, very strange film, but that's okay because it wouldn't be a Jordan Peele joint if there wasn't a little risk involved. Peele has proven that he is not a one-hit wonder with this truly terrifying, poignant look at one American family that goes through hell at the hands of my of maniacal doppelgangers. The strangeness of the narrative stays grounded with excellent character development, especially with Lupita Nyong'o's Adelaide, uh, Winston Duke's Gabe adds so much needed humor to lighten the tense and bloody mood, and the kids also have plenty to contribute. This impactful use of music and dazzling cinematography elevates us above and beyond your average horror thriller. Peel has created another marvelous new American horror story. Eight five nine zero. Oh. I almost said nine zero. Oh. Yeah, it's definitely a movie that we're gonna watch when it comes out, and on, on yeah, it looks freaky shit, and it looks fucked up, yeah. and that's what Jordan Peel does. He did it with. Um, Shit. Not his partner. Not- no, no. What the hell? Get Out? Yeah. yeah, yeah was that yeah, right? Yep. He did it with Get Out, what, two years ago? Yeah. So he looks to be that's back good here. It. It's good here. he wasn't a one-hit wonder. And we need more thoughtful horror in today's day. Yeah, because we don't have it. We don't have yeah. it. So it's nice to have, like, James Wan. It's nice to have yeah. and, Jordan And you know Peele. me, not really a horror guy, but still, it's like, I agree. Because I always see Michael Rosenbaum say, Man, I, I can't remember. When was the last good horror movie that came out? Right, with a good story. And, and he's still waiting. So I'm waiting, to, I'm waiting for him to see this and say if it was good or not. We have an early review for this film called Good Boys. It doesn't come out to August, but it was uh, premiering at SWSX or SXXW. I can't, South, it's South, South by Southwest. Southwest. Uh, but we have the review. It's short. But this is a film um, that's basically a live-action South Park. If you want to think of it that okay. way, it's a bunch. It's three kids that are best friends in like sixth grade or something like that. But they're 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 bad kids. Uh, well, you said uh, Okay. I watched the Red Band trailer. I think Seth Rogen is is the director. Uh, but Good Boys manages somehow to balance its risque satirical impulses with a surprisingly sweet, resonant coming of age tale. It may not have the longevity of Stand by Me or even Super Bad, and returns to the same comedic well a few times too many. But the finished product is still a consistently hilarious, impressively evolved entry into a crowded genre. Seven five. Eight five. Uh, but 
if you told me and I watched the live, I watched the Red Band trailer. It's definitely, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely fucked up. I believe it. There's even a, well, especially if it was Rogan. There's even a skippable ad when I was going to a YouTube video, and it's the three kids saying, "We would show you the trailer, but the motherfuckers won't let us." Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just like That's little cool. kids. That's cool. So it's it's actually got this like cute little marketing gimmick going, and and I'm such a South Park nerd that if I'm gonna see. It's not a live-action South Park movie, but just totally reminds yeah. you of it. I'm totally good with this. And even though it doesn't come out till August, I'm excited. Let's get back into Disney with another trailer. This one was for Aladdin. And you texted me and said, what'd you think? I'm going to ask you. Yeah. I, I, again, it, just, it, it didn't sway me one way or the other. It did more than the first one. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it was better, I think, than the first one. But because like, they showed you more. Obviously, Princess looks beautiful. I now know that Will Smith cannot sing. Uh, uh, he's basically just like talking dude it reminded me it was like a prince of persia mixed with the room in the the hobbit with the treasure that's what it reminded me of and i was like i don't know like i may not see this in theaters like it didn't have to it's a disney movie we have to yeah you 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 and ash have to like me it's just like i don't really have the excitement i had uh, this Which, movie, I mean, good shit. I, I, yeah. I don't care. It did, it did much more than the first one because we don't see Will Smith's with his face way off center from his head. Um, Will Smith looked a little bit better, but I wouldn't say it's by leaps and bounds. He still kind of looks goofy. Um, he, it, it's the trailer that like almost redeemed the first one, but still you have that taste in your mouth. So you're still kind of just like I didn't hear any one person say, "Oh my god, that trailer looked fantastic. It looks I gorgeous." Have, I have. I've heard plenty of people, and I think they either missed the Are first they one, <laughs> they either missed the first one, or they just really want to see the. Yeah, film and as and a kid, I loved the light. I watched. We all just that. Wa- we just watched it two nights and ago. I don't know. I just maybe I'm just getting old, and I don't know if I'm getting grumpy. I don't know. It just it, it didn't do it. it. Didn't do it for me. I. It might have even swayed me from seeing it in theaters. I just I don't know, man. I'm totally. I have to like. It's gonna be Will Smith playing Will Smith, which I get. Like it's I'm gonna getting be dead tired shot of as your genie. Getting tired of it. Um. But I do love that princess. Jasmine's fantastic. The Pink Ranger. I agree. Um, I liked Aladdin in it. They tried to do the songs a couple times. Didn't really and hit. I, dude, I thought the songs missed. Like, yeah. at the ending, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, yeah. it, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's not for me. I don't know, man. These these Disney live action movies, like, hit and miss. I could truly, honestly see where Dumbo is the best live action movie. I, I agree, 100%. Because that CG looks brilliant. But, again... This movie comes out soon. I think it comes out in You better May. hope it does good because they threw a boatload at this project. You got Lion King coming soon, which looks, still looks really good. I can't wait for that one. Uh, but it's almost like hit, miss, hit, miss, hit, miss. Like Cinderella, Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, Dumbo, Aladdin, Lion King. Like Take your pick. It's just going to tell the story you already know. I don't think they're going to add anything special to yeah. this. But I would go check out the trailer again for yourself. It, it had some moments, but overall... I think it redeemed the first one a little bit, but it didn't do anything like you said to get me on that. Yeah. I got to see it night yeah. one. I'm like a might have missed me. I'm like a hey, do you want a date night? Do we have a babysitter? Like I'm that's like, what I'm like. Shit, uh, I'd rather be dumb and cry five again. <laughs> we have Batman versus the TM. Uh, I I would say TMNT. Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got a trailer, and boy, they still cannot get the turtles right. Yeah, I see your word here. I mean, I it took me a second to kind of get used to that animation. It's not good. It's like it's, it's, it's more kitty. It, it's it's more kitty. Yeah, it's very choppy. I mean, I would wish they were a little bit more mature. 
It looks like they're basing it right off the that Comics. six issue miniseries of kind of Ray Shuggle and and, and um, Shredder, and it kind of looks like they're working together. Which they, is a cool no it, pro- it, plot point. It, it's it, cool. it's great. I, I think it, the movie's going to do great. It's obviously it's a day one buy for me. It's Kevin Conroy is, is Batman, so you're always going to have my attention and money there. Yeah, I mean again, it's this is straight right. This is not theatrical. Yeah, they always go. They release like three, four a year straight to Blu-ray. Yep. Uh, Shazam projected to do $40 million domestic on its opening weekend on an $80 million production budget. That is not including the marketing and things like that. But the movie itself had an $80 million production budget. So that's a pretty damn good opening weekend just domestically. Yeah, and, and I th- and I think it still has room to grow. Sure. I, I st- everything is everything I hear from that movie. And people say, oh, my God, it's Shazam. It's like, guys, you have to understand, like – this is not Shaq's Shazam. Yeah, that's Kazam. Yeah. And th- remember, oh, he yeah, was originally Captain Marvel. He came out before you had this female Captain Marvel. He was Captain Marvel in the 40s where you people just seem to forget. He's the original. I and saw. then Marvel got butthurt. Then they had characters named Captain Marvel. And they made, made final lawsuit. Oh, it's our company name. And they call him Shazam. I called. I uh, Somebody on Twitter posted the Shazam trailer on his timeline and wrote, hey, a new Captain Marvel trailer just came out. But it was after the Captain Marvel movie hit theaters. I was like, that's a nice touch. Yeah, and, and it's nice like, okay, touch. get ready for the, the real Captain Marvel. Yeah, and this movie is going to do well. I mean, it's it's not only did, were the early impressions on Twitter good. I would bet well. my paycheck that this movie, I don't know if it's going to be financially better than Captain Marvel because you have the Marvel fanboys. I think this movie is going to be reviewed better and I think it's going to have an overall better just film you know, I, 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 it's casted perfectly. Brie Larson, I think, was miscast. Zachary Levi is Shazam. Ezra Miller is now said to be writing a version of the script for the Flash film with comic author Grant Morrison. Well, he's a legend. Grant Morrison. Um, he's I hope t- he doesn't have much because I, I can't stand Ezra Miller. He's writing the new Green Lantern comic right now, which is it's, it's a little different. I, I got to get used to it. I like some of his Batman stories, but this this just Green Lantern I have to get on. So I don't know how I feel about him and Grant kind of doing this Flash film. Well, Ezra, Ezra just doesn't do anything for me. He's going to try to write lame jokes because he was his humor falls flat for me. I'm just not an Ezra Miller fan. So, like, again, that's a little bit of bias because I'm not a fan of his. But, like, I, what what the hell has he written that gives me any confidence, especially with the track record that this movie has, that he's going to do any better than the last Jamoke yeah, who wrote the damn script? I mean, I, I, I can't argue with you. Like, Mar- I'm right there. Marvel has reportedly hired Destin Daniel Cretton or Cretton to direct the upcoming Shang-Chi movie, which I didn't know was happening, but apparently it is, and that sounds yeah. awesome because that's I read a lot on that character since I read since I heard about the story. I read a lot about him. He seems like a badass motherfucker. Shout out to Dom. He's got nine eight way pages of Shang Chi, which I want, but he won't get it to me. <laughs> but he, he's a cool character. I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. But I mean, it's a great start. They actually found a director, and I'm really looking forward to this film. I, I, this is Mark. This is kind of where they could Iron Fist. Marvel can make up from what they lack of Iron Fist to kind of throw yeah. in here with Shang Chi. And Shang Chi is a martial arts. That's why yeah. we compare him to super Iron Fist. underrated character. Yeah, and his father was a, a bad guy. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's a really cool story from what I've heard. I haven't read any of the books, but like I've did a lot of like online research. This is website I found when I was doing this research called Wikipedia, and uh, oh, it, it taught me a lot, which was really nice. Yeah, and it was course. last edited by. Billy Bob Johansson uh, from Memphis, Tennessee. So that was really cool. We have the box office for this week, and no surprise that Captain Marvel yeah. is number one. So we'll kind of go from here. Uh, let's see. Number 10, f- coming up from number 15, starring Tom Hanks, Apollo 11. Just kidding. It was Apollo 13. Apollo 11 at 1.2 million. Number nine, falling from number five, is at 2.1 million. Remember, all domestic, is fighting with my family. 
Staying at number eight at 2.1 is Greta. Staying at number seven at 2.2 is Isn't It Romantic? Staying at number six at 2.5 is Green Book. Uh, Oscar-winning yeah. Green Book still in theaters because it won the Best Picture. Staying at number five, falling from number three at 3.2 million. Hanging on is Alita Battle Angel. Staying at number four, The Lego Movie 2 at 3.8 million. Stay, or falling from number two to number three is Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral at 12.4 million. Uh, number two, falling from number one at 14.6 million is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And number one at 153 is Captain Marvel. Yeah, not, not much moving there. Not much movement. Yeah. Kind of predictable. Captain Marvel still going to take the top spot this week yeah. as well in its second week as everything kind of just continues to fall. But we do have Us coming out, which is going to place top two, maybe top yeah. three. Movie's going to no, no, that'll, really... that'll, that'll take out uh, Trader Trader yeah, Dragon. That, that's that's going to be really, really well. I would love it, though, if it gets one. That I would, would cool. love that. Unfortunately, I think Captain Marvel hangs on for yeah, a week or two. At least, yeah. The Dirt. Cold War, Dragged Across Concrete, Hotel Mumbai, and then next week we have Dumbo. So, we're, and that's oh, probably cool, going to cool. do well. Hopefully, yeah. I, you know, you look past that; it's like Dumbo, then Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. I was like Shazam's after that. Um, then Hellboy, yeah. and then you're pretty much at Endgame. Avengers. Yeah. So, like, let's go, baby. Like we're we got a couple big movies every week to lead us up until Endgame. Some reasons to go to the theater. Um, if you will, I'm just super excited to see how well Us does because I have a lot of faith in that film. Yeah, same. I think it's going to do well. As we move on to the TV section, we have our Doom Patrol discussion for Episode 5, which was hilariously called Paw Patrol. Yeah. Every title has Patrol in it except for the pilot. If if they did Pilot Patrol, that would have been funny. Um, but Paw Patrol, we I now know why. I was like, why the hell is this Paw Patrol until the end <laughs> yeah. when they come out with it? But again, spoilers for Episode 5 as we do our discussion. We're running short on time, so it's not going to be as long as we normally have it. And I think that's for good reason because this episode was probably the weakest of the season. Yeah, I think it was the, like the first thing we both said. Or the first thing I said to you was, this is my least favorite of, yeah. of the series so far. It was just, it was just okay. Yeah. Just again, they kind of... Show you more of the backstory of this is a Jane episode of Jane, which which was cool to see, which was to kind of see her kind of how she, especially with with the with the thyroid, like put that pen through your eye, like that yeah. was pretty cool. And they stopped right before he jams it through, and just to kind of see where, where we find out where um chief, the chief was at the whole time, and he was basically being tortured. He was and, on the gravitron, yeah, literally <laughs> on the gravitron. Yeah, uh, this episode was, I mean, it was good. I just finished it before we started yeah. recording. I started it yesterday, and I found, found myself like drifting off. Yeah. So I was same like, here, same here. I was me, on my phone a couple so times. Let like, me pause I it. Cry. <laughs> yeah, let me pause it. Let me just pay more attention to it when I can in the morning. And I'll, I, so I got about halfway through yesterday. I finished it this morning because I, this was the first episode where I started it and I wasn't chopping at the bit to yeah. finish. I wasn't, I picked up my phone like four times. Yeah, I had to rewind a couple times and like, yeah. what just happened? Um, I actually, uh, there was just, I love Jane. I think she's a great character. I think she's outside of Robot Man. She's my favorite character, I think, in the show. Um, and this was a lot of time skipping. Yeah. 1977, 78, 79, present day. A lot of that. Uh, we have the D creator who Thanos the shit out of everything. Yeah. Like, just basically just disintegrating everybody. And that's this whole, uh, it left off right where the plot point picked up from last episode. I'm yeah. sorry, picked up right where it left yeah, off from left last off, episode. Yeah. Um, and the D creator. And the whole point of this episode was to try to find the recreator. And they do that through a cult that Jane leads, which is why he did the flashback. They put her Dr. Harrison uh, personality front and center, which basically she can kind of speak. Th- it's basically like the force. Yeah. She basically can force, you know, the do Jedi shit yeah. on your ass. Jedi mind tricks uh, on you. But I've loved the little nice touch where at the end, the doctor and the other guy guy had the uh, earplug so they couldn't hear her that was actually a pretty it, nice yeah, exactly there. 
Because you're still like, what's this? Here? Oh, he's not hearing her, which yeah. which was cool. I did like the was the scene where it was Chief and it was negative. Member goes, you know, I, I saw the tapes. Yeah, I know that. And it was like, oh, he let him know. Like he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't think you were ready. I, I that was probably it was so like a quick scene, but I think that was my favorite scene. It was just like him, like you could have like, you know, how could you? You didn't let me know. You did. I found a tape. He's like, you weren't ready. We want to see what's going on. He all he feels is your is your pain. What you're mm-hmm. putting, like what you're thinking, mm-hmm. and let him think like. Oh shit! Like, I'm gonna have to just like kind of rethink this. So I'm interested to see where his character is going to go. And the this show continues to break the fourth wall like yeah. crazy. I, dude, he was right in the middle of it. Oh, uh, Alan Tudyk was great. Alan Tudyk yeah, in this. Yeah. I, love, uh, I love Alan Tudyk. As a, again, he goes, "This can't be the as the as the D creators just disintegrating everything, including Elliot from last episode. Yeah, disintegrates him while sitting on a bench. Um, he just goes, "This can't be the end." I haven't been in the last two episodes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they continue to drop these fourth wall breaks. But to me, to watch the chief just kind of walk back into the mansion was a little it's, underwhelming. They're like, oh, you're back? You're, you're walking? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're Not back. right now. Yeah, it was just kind of like, what this show does, right, is they defeat these these forces, these bad guys every week without fighting. Yeah. Very little bit of fighting. Yeah. And it was really only Robot Man who does the fighting. They find other ways to defeat the villains, exactly. which is the opposite of Titans. So it's kind of like, how the hell are they going to get out of this Exactly. Thing? Don't go into this show expecting a bloodbath of action. And did you did you like the cyborg stuff at the end? It was alright. Which I like when he's like, no, don't do it. You know the reason why he didn't do yeah. it? Yeah, because he's dependent. He doesn't no, no, want to no. be dependent. Because then he becomes more machine. Oh, okay. Because if you notice, oh, right, right, at the right. end, he he's got the... a chest plate now. Yeah. So every time you use that, it he gets takes more up... cybernetics. Exactly. And that's why he said, don't do it, don't do yeah. it. He got a call from his dad. Declined the phone call from your father. Don't decline the phone but that, call. I just thought that was like such a nice touch. Like, oh, it repaired him. It, it, it's it's fuck your skin. You're going to be yeah. more machine now. I was like, wow, yeah. that's why he didn't want to do it. Yeah. That was another, that was probably my second favorite part. Yeah. And this, this, uh, this episode... Again, it was just a continuation of last week, so it was not a new story point. I think we're past it because they did summon the recreator, which was just another eye, and yeah. they had a staring. Yeah, no, which, which is, I think they're staring at each other. Like that, that was. Like, uh, I got a giggle out of that. That was. Funny. And then all of a sudden, it's over, and we're going to move on to the next episode. And I think we're going to get a little deeper into the cyborg stuff now, obviously, because that's how it ends. It ends on this whole cyborg thing where he basically blows off his arm cannon, and it's kind of gross. And well, they Alan Tudyk call- kind of was up. Bye bye. Yeah, you know. they want to call his father because that's he's got like a chip on him that if you press it like, fuck that yeah calls his dad and and then that i think that's where we're going to move a little bit forward towards it you see a little bit with um negative man a little bit of flashback for him uh with his wife i believe that was oh, yeah, he was having the night he was having the nightmare yeah so like you see a little like they do a nice job of just inputting a little bit of story from everybody else but they kept which the i can appreciate focus. of this which I, I appreciate with this they still doubt it was just one thing going on there was yeah. everyone had their own thing and, and again i really like this cyborg character same so i'm cool if they kind of go in that direction for a little bit i'd like them to go back to robot man a little bit but i think we got a lot yeah, of it, his, and, that, and that's why i was like, okay now it's yeah. cyborg like we already had negative man we have janes yeah. now it's cyborg's turn yeah. And I again, I, I like to. I'm I'm excited to see all of it because yeah. um, Donna, Deborah, Donna, I can't remember. Elasta woman, basically. I'm excited to see her a little bit more. I mean, we got her origin of how she got her powers, yeah. but um, she's still fighting that. I don't want to be a superhero thing, um, but I kind of have to be. And at the very, very, very end, Jane basically. Uh, 
they're coming up with this word or you're gonna, phrase. You're going to get a yeah. whisper yeah. Uh, when the apocalypse is over. And she's painting outside says, what the fuck is the Doom Patrol? So to your point, I was confused. To your point, this is basically the first time you actually hear the words Doom Patrol yeah, and I was, show. And I, that's the thing was like, I don't think they were ever called the Doom Patrol because they didn't have like an – I don't think they had a name for them. Like this, to my knowledge, was the first time I said, oh, shit, the Doom Patrol. Yeah. So they got their name. A good enough episode – and when we say it was the worst of the season, it doesn't mean it was bad. Yeah, it just because that's how good this show yeah, has been. Yeah, when we've been loving this episode five, so I mean, it's four strong episodes. That's a great yeah. sign. Yeah, ten more to go, by the way, in this season. Yeah, ten more true. weeks of us doing our Doom Patrol discussion, uh, and then we'll move on to the next show, which I think is like Swamp Thing. So you yeah. can't really go wrong here. DC Universe continuing to crush it. Disney Plus, however, will air the What If series based on the comic book run. Kevin Foggy will be involved. Um, I. I, I don't think I was going to write anything else. I have another letter after that it says I. I don't know what that means. But Kevin Feige is going to be involved. And the What If series is a comic book run where it's basically different. A bunch of What If scenarios happening in comics. What if Thor's hammer was able to be picked up by Loki or whatever? Yeah, and there was one was a What If Spider Man becomes like Punisher, like Spider Man using guns. There was another where Spider Man becomes like they call him like um, Spider Arachnite, where he's like Half Moon Knight. Like it was a cool little two three issue mini series, which is pretty cool. And and having F- uh, Feige involved. Can't go wrong. I I wanted to do our top three of like top three what if scenarios you'd like to see. Uh, I think that could have gotten a little wild, a little wacky. Uh, definitely could see like some crazy shit happening. And I think this is just like that palate cleanser. If you're like, hey, something I'll, new, something different, something new, and I want to see the crazy shit that I don't have to. It doesn't have to be MCU canon that I have to yeah. theorize about. Just some fun shit. Let me leave my brain at the door yeah. and, and enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that and it's again that Kevin Feige is attached to this is a good thing because we got. We can have a bigger tie-in if we need to. Kevin Feige, we trust. There you go. And Kevin Feige, we trust, except for Captain Marvel to Sam. (laughs) Titans has cast, uh, I guess it's Isai Morales to play Deathstroke in season two. I don't know his name, like by name, his face, but like he looks like a Deathstroke, an older Deathstroke, kind of like the, what do they call it, like the the white-haired fox type of deal. Silver fox. Silver fox, that's it, white-haired fox, whatever. But I mean, Deathstroke, that was something that I, I, I definitely wanted in season two of Titans. Yeah. You don't get much better with Deathstroke. He played. He's not really. Big, he's in How to Get Away with Murder for for eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Ozark. There you go. Okay. He's Dell from That's Ozark, which is a big which is a big show on Netflix. Since I doubt we're going to see Joe Manganiello is in the live action Deathstroke, so at least we're going to get some more of live action Deathstroke. Because I doubt unless Manu Bennett shows up on the last season of uh, Arrow. Yeah, he has a little bit of. Um, he plays a little bit in Criminal Minds, so he has had. Oh, there's a Jarhead too. Did you know that? No, that's I, a straight to. Blu-ray. I didn't even like Jarhead. No, that's a, that's honest. a straight to Blu-ray sequel. There, I didn't even know Jarhead two was available. Uh, was around. Game of Thrones run times have been announced for all six season eight episodes. So it's like what the first three are basically normal episodes. Yes, the first three season eight episode one is fifty four minutes. Season eight episode two is fifty eight minutes, and normally they're anywhere between forty seven and fifty two yeah. minutes, somewhere in there. So a little bit extended. Then it gets bigger and bigger. Uh, season eight, episode three is 60 minutes. And then episode four, 78 minutes. Yeah. And then the last two, 80 minutes. Yeah, so last an three, hour, we're getting, minis. We're getting an, movies. An hour and 20 minutes for the last two episodes. And you're right behind that. So the last three, get the popcorn yeah. ready, baby. And obviously we know the biggest battle. I don't know if I said this last podcast, but I was uh, reading a couple of interviews with the actors about the battle scenes. They said it was the most miserable thing they ever shot. They, they said it was so horrible. like that. They never want to do something like that. It was like they, they were like, all we did for two, three months was literally just 
fight, bloody mess, every day, repeat, no sleep, no life, just this is all we did, all we did, it was, it was hell, I was like, oh my god, fun. I can't wait for this, that sounds fun, <laughs> oh my god, we're we're rewatching Game of Thrones from season one right now, uh, uh, I don't I think we're going to be able to get through it, I would it. never, I couldn't do it, I did the math, if we do three episodes a day, it's we'll impossible, be, we'll be there, but we haven't done three episodes a day it's yet, impossible. we're on episode five of season never one, never make it, so we're not going to make it back, but I, I love the effort, I love the effort, as long as we get to season seven, I'm fine, um, because... I remember season seven, yeah. so I don't need like the refresher. Yeah. But if we get through like the rest of it, I'd be happy. If you, we'll get, see through, if you get, get through four, I'd be like, good for you guys. That's <laughs> impressive. American Gods season two premiere has happened. We got the review here for you. I know you love American Gods. I didn't Gods get a chance to watch it Because yet. of Ian McShane. Yep. Ian McShane is great, especially in Deadwood. American Gods is still a visually arresting, if not quite as creative, in its season two return. But you can definitely feel the void that the original showrunners, Brian Fuller and Michael Green, left when it comes to the show's ambition and willingness to take risks. The premiere functions as a serviceable scene setter to remind us of the players and allegiances involved in the war to come. While the talented cast helps elevate an often perfunctionary, I'm sorry, perfunctory script, we're praying that the future episodes manage to recapture the primal magic that made season one so timely. Seven zero six nine. So I'm going to give okay, that to I'll, you. I'll, I'll, that's about where I expected. Right. I'm going to give that one to you, and uh, we'll be back real quick after this word from the Watchathon of Rassilon on the ESO Network. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. And I'm Tony Heath. And we have a sneaking suspicion that you don't actually listen to these promos. So we're not going to make you listen to one. Bye! Brought to you by the Watchathon of Rassilon, a podcast where Joe and Tony watch all of Doctor Who and then talk to you about it. Available on the ESO Network or wherever else you get podcasts from. But honestly, where else would you go? Watcherassalon.com? Oh yeah, that makes sense. And we'll close it in the gaming space, and you know where we got to start. We know. Devil May Cry 5, baby. I'm, I'm basically almost done beating it already. It's, it's only it, been out for a week. It's, it's only awesome. been a week. It's it, it, Once I start, it's tough for me to put the, the pad down. That's how you know the game's got its hooks. Yeah, because okay, usually after missions, you know, it's like, okay, I, I can put it down. But it's like, okay, the first mission, you're like, Nero, Nero. It's like, you know, as of, now, as of right now, there's three, three playable characters of Dante, Nero, and V. Mm-hmm. Nero is my least favorite out of the three, which I'm shocked because I, I love, I was oh, v, here's this new guy. I'm probably going to hate him. They're trying to throw a new guy. And V is like, I almost like him more than Dante just <laughs> oh, because wow. he has three different like demons that he used for attack. Like he's not like, V's not really strong. Mm-hmm. So that he don't really come in there until the final blow. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have like this demon, like Panther, you have like this third eyed Raven. And then when you go like, um, like Devil Trigger, you get like this like big golem figure. And I, I bought all these orbs and I bought this power. Like you go near them and you're on top of them and you're basically invincible when you're on top of them. With in-game money. You didn't spend... No, no, I, okay. I, no just, just my red orbs from collecting, killing okay. people, getting stylish points, stuff like that. And you just do like a... Uh, like a I don't even know how you explain this, but like you just have your arms outstretched and you just like he just spins and just demolishes enemies. You're on this big rock monster. And it just... you Dude, like once he's there... I think every time I fight enemies, I get like a triple S every time because there's so many different combinations you can use for V. Mm-hmm. He's so much fun. Like Nero, it's like, yeah, he's, he's different like hands you could use that blow up that it, it's cool. But it, I don't know. I, I get bored with that. Cause it's like, okay, I have to keep spending money to buy these hands. Like these mechanical arms, like one's 500, one's a thousand orbs, 3000 orbs. So it's like, ah, I, I hate spending on stupid shit like that. I'd rather up their abilities or their skills and, and now I go to Dante. You don't get... I don't think you play as Dante until mission... Not mission one. A little bit later. Yeah, it's like... 
I think it's, I think it's like eleven yeah. mission eleven. So you, you so you have your fun with V and you get to dabble with Nero. And there's some missions where you get to choose. And that, me and Machi are going back and forth like, yeah, we choose V every time. He's so much fun. And then like on this one mission, it was, you could choose all three of them. I was like, I want Dante. He goes, dude, I go V. I was like, ah, it, it was so tough. It was like the hardest decisions I made in the game. And Dante is an absolute badass. Obviously, you get your your rebellion, which eventually you get the full. You get the Spartasaur, which was his father, and kind of like absorbs into him and goes like full demon mode dude it, it, i don't i forget what mission it was it was probably one of my favorite boss battles ever like you're just full demon you're fighting yours are in one of his forms because originally he like kills everybody and you just go all out and you're the combos you can come up with are insane so you go back between the rebellion um now you have uh you eventually beat this three-headed the King Cerberus, you get Cerberus things. Use motorcycles as your weapons. I remember that. Dude, you're riding the motorcycle. You're, like, doing drift. You're, like, skidding. It's bananas. It's it's so much freaking fun. Um, I wanted to find Lady's Missile Launcher, so I'm using her Missile Launcher. You got, like, this hat thing that helps you, like, collect orbs. This story right now, I don't want to spoil something that just happened. I wanna, I'll want to. i leave that a little that open for you guys. But I know there's 20 missions, and I had a text last night by Machi. Dude, wait until 17 and 18. He's like, you're not going to believe where the story goes, the action. And I'm like, as he said that, I was, I just saved and turned off my system. I'm on mission 17. So it's like, as soon as this is over, I am running home to probably finish this game. And you bought it before you went to see Captain Marvel last week when you said you're going to wait, but you couldn't wait. That's awesome. Well, because Amazon fucked me. Yeah. Did you get the, uh, uh, the, the big bundle or no, did you just I, get the game? I didn't, I, I didn't even ask when I went. I was just, I didn't see, because usually they have, like, here it is. I didn't even ask, I was like, you know, just give me the damn game. I, I love it. Like, yeah. dude, it, I, I think I even love it more than God of War. When And and that is, like, that's some high praise. That was your game of the year. Yeah, and we know, and, we, and God of War got a 10 by IGN. I think 9.5 was Devil May Cry 5's. Yeah. Um, you also said this might be your favorite Devil May Cry game. <clears throat> yeah, because me and Machi were talking last night, and I was like, dude, I was like, I think it's my favorite. Dude, same. Like, it's just so much fun. Like, you know, you don't think, like, to bring V, a character, like, ah, oh, who's this guy? Like, I, there's something going on. I, I think, obviously, we'll, I'll get to it probably the next two missions. That I liked him better than Nero, who Nero had his own game in the, was it the fourth one? Devil Cry 4? I think he had his own game where you're just Nero, and I think you dabble a little bit as Dante. To, to, to take, to come out and introduce a new character in the fifth, well, technically sixth game, if you don't count DMC when they tried to reboot it. To come out with another character that I like more than Nero, which is voiced by Johnny Young Bosch, and to have the original voice actor as Dante and everything, it just works so good. To see everything on 1080, on a big 50-inch TV, just runs smoothly, the graphics are awesome. Like, at one point, you're just, you're like almost fighting in like a pool of blood, of just like how many demons there are. It, it, it like, I, I wish that you played all like, because I told you, Shriver, do I have to play the other ones? Like, I would say, yeah. So you know the history because they mentioned Mundus. He's a big bad guy in the in the, fir- in the first game. Because if you don't play that one, who the fuck you don't even know who Mundus is. And if I remember correctly, this is the only game that even mentions Mundus besides the first game. I don't recall them mentioning Mundus before. So what you're saying is go play Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah, it, it's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, and, and, and it's, it's great to see you jazzed up about a video game. I don't care what the game is. Yeah, and she's like, nice. as long as you're playing a game, it, it's cool. And it's like, always fun for me to watch. Something like unlike God of War, Devil May Cry officially. 
Bloody Palace Survival Mode is coming out April 1st. So, well, Survival Mode is just like hordes and hordes oh and hordes God. of enemies, and, which and, seems like it's right up your alley. And, and they've done it before on previous games where yeah. it's just like level one, level two, and it just gets crazier and crazier. And it's just a way to just kind of, a way to get better at the game, to make better combos, you know, to maybe use a guy that you're not as good with or to try to practice on like a, like Dante, you can do like a trickster mode, there's Swordmaster mode, there's like Royal Guard mode, like there's other modes where you could use for him. So, like, me, I would probably maybe need to practice a little bit with Nero just because he's my least favorite. And I'm just like, ah, I want Veer Dante. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I suggest everyone get this freaking game. Okay. But, yeah, so it's out. It's 60 bucks. It's worth everything. But if you haven't played the Devil May Cry series, Shriver, go get – you already have them. So, you better be playing them. Does he have the, the HD collection? Did he borrow yours? No, no. He, he's like, dude, I, I, I have the first three on Steam, and I think I have the fourth one all on Steam. He's like, what the fuck have I been doing? I was like, well, <laughs> get on it so you can play this one because this game is fantastic. That's cool. And hopefully next week, I'll tell you how it concluded. The Division 2 is not here. The Australian... <laughs> I, I know people were saying about the game, like the Division, it's not our type of no, I just I don't I don't have the screenshot. You on the screenshot? Okay. Well, yeah. Division Two is out. If you want to check out the review, check it out on IGN. The I was Aust- trying to. I, was trying I thought to you were saying for the, I thought you were saying the next one. No, That's I was what. trying to signal to you to, <laughs> to skip that. The Australian Classification Board has rated a multi-platform title called Castlevania Anniversary Collection, which I hope is like the original games. It has to be, right? I don't know. I think it's going to be Symphony of the Night and some like Game Boy games, but like they just teased it. They didn't like it. There's nothing even announced yet, just because yes. it's just the rating on the board from the from the Australian classification board. But that where there's smoke, there's fire yeah. with this type of stuff. And if a game gets rated, I mean, it's it's pretty much in existence. Konami is uh, they just released, I think it's called Requiem for a something, a dream. Uh, and it's Symphony of Night and Bloodlines maybe. But I'm looking for like a bigger Castlevania experience for the people that don't get to play Castlevania or haven't played Castlevania before. I love Castlevania so much, and I, I would love to. I haven't played probably seven or eight games in the uh, in the series. So if this game was like a cover it all, here's your goddamn every game, go knock yourself out. Like that to me would be an excellent choice for a sixty dollar investment. Oh, sixty dollars! I'd pay it for if you got like ten oh, games. You like Castlevania. If you got ten games or more for sixty bucks, yeah, I'm I'm all about. I, that I love. I follow the was it the bootleg universe. All this tease of Castlevania Dante for the next season of Castlevania. I'm so ready. Yeah, dude, that's gonna be a great anime. I'm even looking forward to that anime. Did you finish Castlevania? Season? I did. Not. I was gonna say. I, was, you, I think you would have said something to me if you did. I, I did finish. finish season, I, I have season one done. I just haven't even started season. Season two, two is so good. Just. Trust me and watch it. We're going to move on to the music section. And it's really more for just like the local music scene here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, the Trocadero, as I said in our in our trivia section, opened in the 1800s, is closing, which is crazy that it survived an entire millennia. Uh, I, I, I cannot believe it's that old. Oh, I'm sorry. Not a millennia. A decade. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there. It survived an entire hundred years. It's, it's been around since BC, guys. This has been around forever. I don't even know what's going on with me today. I'm like, it's I, an early start, <laughs> and and it's crazy because um, I even just said decade, and that's on I, did, I, I, Greg, I was gonna let it go. I swear, I was like, does he know he's over two? <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. They're having fun. They're doing good. But again, it's if you're in the Philadelphia scene, I'm pretty sure you've been to a concert in the truck. It's a nice, small, intimate venue. 
I actually went through all my ticket stubs last night, mm-hmm. and I've only actually been there three times. So really? perfect for our top three. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do in the decade that it's been open, in the 10 years. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do our top three shows that we've seen at the Trocadero. I'll start with my number three. It was it was Steel Panther. I, I was I don't I might have been my first or second time seeing them because the first time I ever heard them, they played I think it was If You Really, 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 Really Love Me on yeah. Preston and Steve. And it's if you never heard of Steel Panther guys, like they're like a glam band, like an eighties metal a, they're band. They're a parody eighties high hair band. They're fantastic. But they all are talented as shit. They are so good. Like, you know, even like Satchel, their guitars. He goes, plays guitar and he's on drums, like doing the, the double bass pedals. It's 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 awesome. They sound like and they listen, put on a great show. It, it's a comedy show. It's a rock show. You get everything. At the time, it was like $25. Now, obviously, they're probably a little bit more because they kind of got bigger. It was so much fun. Every time I've seen Steel Panther, I think I've seen him five, six times. I never left disappointed. Check out Steel Panther. I've even seen him three times. Seriously, they're, they're a blast. They're really, I, really I caught uh, Lexi Fox's pick. I was yeah, like, I yeah. still have my. I, like, I think he threw two because I have one. It's in my car right now. It's pink. Yeah. For some weird Lexi reason. Fox, baby. I don't know why I still have that. My number three is um, an upstairs show at the Trocadero. Not the main stage. There's a little tiny stage upstairs with like a bar next to it. It is like the size of my front door to here. It's very narrow. Um, can probably Almost fit, like the Barberry. Yeah. Can find yeah. Can fit like eight across. And that was open. Um, and that was hidden in plain view. They had a super intimate small show. Was it an evening like with? Five years ago. No. No. Um, it was the 10-year anniversary for Life and Dreaming. Um, so it was before we did this podcast. It was right after Ash and I moved in together that I saw – me and Popejoy went and he'd never heard of the band. Um, and so I was like, dude, do you want to go to some emo show with me? He yeah. was like, mm, no. <laughs> yes. He goes, so he goes went, everything. He, he, had, yeah, he loves music. So he just – he came for a good time. It was like 8 bucks or 10 yeah. bucks or something. And it was super intimate. I was in the front row. Rocking out. They had a really good set list after Life and Dreaming. They played like four or five songs from other records, which I love. Um, and then for the second time ever, I hadn't met him in like 10 years. I met Joe afterwards, got a good picture. And then as we fast forward in time, we got to hang out with him and have him on the show yeah. and all that good stuff. So it was really fun. But that's my number three. And my other two times I was there, I was with you. So yeah. they made me on your list. Yeah. So my number two, I went with May. I don't, I think it was, this was our second time. Well, at least my, it was my second time seeing it was May. my Fifth? Yeah, because the first we saw them at um, World Cafe Live. Yes. So again, it was May. It was the first time that I believe the first time we heard Just Let Go. That I, was it. Was the first time we heard Just Let Go, and we brought that up in our first interview with them, and they said we play it all the time. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, just we happened, missed it. Yeah, it just had we happened to miss it. And it was a great show. He they sounded just like they did on the CD. It was an awesome set list. And my number two. Yeah, we. I remember we. St- kind of in the back Wait, was that the, the one where we supposed yo was your dad that, at that show yet oh, that was funny let me yeah. actually ask you I don't think so yeah that was that show yeah. uh, my number two is the most recent show I've actually been to at the truck which was Say Anything uh, they did they did a two night I'm surprised they're such small for them like they, they did filled up more. they did a two night both at the truck the first night was all of Is a Real Boy and the first half of In Defense of the Genre. The second night was the second half of In Defense of the Genre, which is a 23-track record, and then all of the self-titled. That, so that, would, that would have been the one if I would have went. Yeah. And I went with Ryan Cunningham, and we were like, what do we fucking do? Like, yeah. Which do we go to? And I was banging my head we against had to go the wall. The second one. And we went to the first one because Is yes. a Real Boy to me is a great record. Yeah. I think that's it's but such an underrated record. I, their best record is, is to say anything. Right? But I've seen it so many times. True. 
and I hadn't seen Israel Boy in a long time, especially in full. And I knew I'd catch the songs that they don't don't normally play. Yeah. Um, and then the first half of In Defense of the Genre to me is unequivocally better than the second half. And when you're a 23 track record, that's 10 songs. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't like them, it's like holy yeah. shit. So we chose that. Uh, for the first night, and then it turned out that Max got the flu and had to cancel a bunch of the rest of the show. So we saw one of the last shows on that tour, and oh, wow. he, so night. he played. He played both nights in Philly, right? Yeah, and I think he was like, got sick the next day or oh, something wow. crazy. And then he announced that night that they were going to have a new record come out, and it was filmed or it was recorded in Conshohocken, which was cool enough as yeah. it is. Then that's when he made the announcement, which turned into Oliver Appropriate, which actually turned out to be their last record because now they broke up. Wow! So yeah. like it was a pretty yeah. full circle yeah. night. That's pretty cool. My number one, the Academy is same. It was only the what a show. The only second time I got this song, the first time they opened up for Kiss at Susquehanna Bank Center. I will never forget. It was if you if you listen to the band Kiss and the Academy is, they are complete opposites <laughs> in music. I have no idea how that happened, but even that was a great show. This was their ten year anniversary of Almost Here. So good. their first record, my favorite, my the favorite Academy record is record, yeah. and. I, mean, I still Beckett listen. It sounded that. beautiful. I still listen to that record on repeat dude, without skipping. Yeah, you a don't. Track. You don't have to. It's and it's like a thirty-minute record, and they played that, and then they played like the hits off the other records. I was like, "This is a great show." This it, almost here is one of the, in my opinion, one of the best. If you want to call it emo, whatever, it's one of the best emo records ever written. Yeah, I'd agree. Ten is, ten songs that I, I've listened to since eighth grade at least. Two thousand five, February two thousand five. I think. Oh, two thousand five came out. So I was sophomore. Again, I love all 10 songs. It was, the, it was the best show. I've been there at the truck. It was sold out as shit. It was small. Yeah. We got pretty damn close. I remember we went all the way to the right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's my number one. I've seen the likes of May. I've seen Death Cab there. Yeah. I've seen Ben Queller. If you remember him, he sang Sex and... No, not Sex and... Um, uh, uh, wasted and Ready. I am wasted, but I'm ready. I've seen... I don't remember that one. I've seen a, uh, Armor for Sleep there. They did a They did a 10-year anniversary I was surprised you tour. kept off Death Cab. Uh, and it was difficult. Yeah. It was difficult. But I was thinking about shows that like meant the, the, the most to me, and it was 2004. I, I had a feeling The Academy is was your one. It was 2003 or four when I saw Death Cab, and it was a long time ago. Yeah. And um, that's that's that. I was wearing a yellow card t-shirt, if that's a Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's years ago. You. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Academy is, was a perfect show. We, were, we got close. Um, I still have photos on my phone from it. William sounded great. Yeah. Because um, they, 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 they kind of... They broke up. Yeah, so this exactly. was their reunion, too, as a band. So it was cool. And the it was first a tour in a tour. few years, I believe. It was a limited tour. They didn't do a ton of dates for it. And it was really nice. So that was my... E- I mean, that was an easy number one yeah. for me. Because they're still one of my favorite bands. Yeah, as soon as we were like, yo, we went to these two. I was like, oh, there's my one and two. <laughs> I have tried to get William on this show probably 15 times. Yeah, I believe So we're, we're, I'm going to continue that fight. One day in life, maybe. <laughs> you can continue that fight. But a great, great show. That was our top three shows. We've seen it at the Trocadero. We want to thank our patrons that helped us out. Make this show possible uh we have jay sanford 9482 bradley epstein which is at north comics on instagram mike forward darren monroe and uh i always do it i always do it twitch.tv slash my knife your life sam reimer and of course uh we appreciate all of you thomas chisholm as well thank you everybody who made this show possible uh we appreciate you guys it's going right back into making the show literally you're paying for our uh 
for our service. Service. Yeah. We keep every single episode live because if not, they only get the top. The, like, you only get top three. three. Yeah. You only get three episodes at a time. So literally, without your patronage, you wouldn't be able to have a back catalog of episodes. Because of you guys, we can pay for having a limited storage space and some other things we have in the works that we're working on yeah. with some people. We don't want to say super excited about yet, yeah. that. We will talk about in the next month or so that we're still working on. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to being able to talk about that. Same with your pick of the week. Bohemian Rhapsody. I saw it. I thought it was. Fan- I thought it was fantastic. So I thought it was fantastic. Um, the only my only gripe is that I, I would have liked they found someone who could have like sung. Rami rap- does a nice job, but he lip sings it. No, he doesn't. I, it says, w- w- some of it's Freddie, but a lot I, of it. He I, what, sings. I, what I read most of it, it was all lip sync. Like I, I, I go back because I was even talking to this guy Rob. Who I met shout out to Rob if you're listening that they were in class. We we're kind of talking about kind of like. Picks like this. We went. We started talking to the Doors movie. Mm-hmm. Like he goes, I love that movie because him speaking is like Kilmer does his own singing. Mm-hmm. He does his own singing. I, I'll, I'll do more research. What I did, I didn't think that he did it the way Kilmer did it. Like yeah. Kilmer, it's not all em- of it, but yeah, he embodied more. So, but again, for what he did, that to look like he was to wear the fake teeth to have it was so good to have Brian Singer direct it but then the last two weeks to have Dexter Fletcher to come in and finish who was the cinematographer mm-hmm. because there was like drama going on with someone Singer Singer's, Singer's family. now been fired basically from But in like the film the way their things work you're only allowed to have a credit of one director and they gave it to they had to give it to Brian Singer and they gave Dexter Fletcher like an executive um, credit or producer or whatever but out of So the, then what happens with the Russo brothers? That, no, but that, and that's why I was curious like wait a minute how come if they do two and I know there was I think Kickass I think yeah, but that, and that's where I was confused but I thought because yeah, he maybe he did the majority of the film, it had to be just his name. I don't know. Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon both get credit for Justice League. Only Zack Snyder. Okay, so it had a fifty-five million dollar budget. It made eight hundred and seventy-five million. Rami Malek was great. Mike, I thought Mike Myers was great. He as, was awesome as the prick kind of guy who regrets Managed. his whole life. He was, ever. he was the big wig record executive who said no. And who is, and he and I love the quote is you'll be the guy who said no to Queen. Yep, and then he leaves. Aiden Gillian was great. Then kind of hearing like his one guy who wasn't really into was kind of using him for his fame and kind of like, you know, he just lost sight of it and kind of was throwing party. It kind of got bigger than himself and went down that wrong path. That's kind of famous musicians do when you have a boatload of money and you go to drugs and alcohol. And But thankfully, you know, you met that guy Jim Hutton in real life that kind of, you know, when you when you love yourself, come find Which I was like, wow, what's, that's really deep. Yeah. And then to close the movie out with the Live Aid performance – a long ending, twenty minutes. Which which of that. was they played the exact set list that they played in the show. Queen was kind of like he didn't sing in a while, so in like the last His week or two, he good. had to work. Even the guy, I think the original members said they didn't know, like they were going in, like we don't know how he's going to sound, and he wind up just blowing it out of the water. I, if I'm not mistaken, he raised the most money at Live Aid for the performance. Like their phone That's calls are ringing off the yeah. hook, and it's just it's such a shame, like. We could have had so many more years if, you know, obviously if you didn't get the you know, horrible HIV, you lost a, a terrible talent. And then to hear that there's possibly a sequel rumored to be talked about, but we'll see where that goes. I really suggest you, you, you check out Bohemian Rhapsody. Good. That's a movie that I raved about on this podcast a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. It is so good. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, my pick of the week is definitely a little bit more lighthearted. 
Uh, when we got back from Captain Marvel on Sunday, we wanted to take the baby out to her first restaurant experience. Okay. Yeah, I remember so I saw we that. walked over to McGurk's, and Tommy and Pope Joy came yeah. with us. There was a wrestling pay-per-view on, so they just oh, stayed okay. all day. Okay. From Sunday from the movies until midnight. Yeah. They were over for 12 hours, 14 hours. For gosh sakes, we hung out. Uh, on Sunday, Tommy didn't even sleep. Jesus. So we wanted to go over to McGurk's. And before that, we were just killing time. I think Ash was getting ready, and Tommy was taking a nap yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and so Pope and I were just bullshitting, and we put on Dinosaurs, the Jim Henson show with Earl, the dad, he's the dinosaur, and the baby, not the mama, not the mama. Think, I'm the baby, gotta love me. I think I remember. You, Dude, it's a I show think. from when we were kids, but like we were just putting it on in the background because we were just talking about that kind of stuff. And um, here, this is... Yeah, I have to see a picture. You know the cast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, like, yeah. we just put it on because it's on Hulu. And yeah. we just put it on because we were. I, I just like to pass home, the time. I like home improvement way too much. And we were putting that on, but we were talking, so I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. So, we're like, let's just put something on to whatever. And actually, Ashley went to, like, Target or Giant or something. That's why we put it on. And we put on the first episode, the pilot. And in the first two minutes, we're crying. Laughing because the the jokes are totally adult. Yeah. Like it's a kids show, but with totally adult yeah. themes. And we put only five episodes in a row, just cracking up oh through and through. Ashley comes down, she's like, "This is the creepiest show." Yeah, like, I, I bet. She's like, "I remember this like scaring me as a kid." And we're just cracking up laughing. So if you have Hulu and you want a blast of the past, that's just super funny. It's always been in my stuff, which is like your Hulu queue. But I haven't watched it in a long time. I actually have the whole series on DVD, but I don't know where it's at. Um, Super wow. funny. It's, Can't believe it came to DVD. <laughs> it still holds up. It's twenty bucks for the all for every episode yeah. at Best Buy. Like ten years ago, I bought. It. I actually I had it in college, so it was eleven, twelve years ago. I bought it. Um, super funny show. Really enjoyable. If for nothing else, when you have a couple friends over from your childhood and you want to go back and put it on in the background and just like pick up some shit, it was super funny. Can't recommend enough. Dinosaurs. That was episode 126 of We Podcast. We know things. Long episode. Had a lot to talk about. New segments. Captain Marvel debates. Had a good time doing it. We'll see you next week for episode 127. Time to go beat Del Mecrafa. network has a brand new patreon that's right we're asking for your help and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month don't fret all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always but you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our patreon to sign for the eso network patreon's easy all you have to do is go to esopodcast.com and click on the link with your support of the eso network it's you who will reap the rewards
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.